listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts as we review video games from all systems and all genres. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Zap Night. I'm your host, Danny. I'm your co-host, Kaylee. We are on episode 96, and we are finally talking about Final Fantasy XII. After like six months of not playing like a major title... We're finally talking about Final Fantasy XII. Um, yeah. It took us two months to beat. Uh, pretty solidly playing for two months. Granted, we've had like Christmas yeah. in the way. <laughs> and like, I think we've both been sick a couple times. Thanksgiving. Yeah, Christmas, Thanksgiving, right. Yeah. So really, for us to beat this game in the two months, yeah. the two months it really makes a difference. So um, how many hours did you put into your game? Uh, I think it was like. 45 on 45, the dot? Yeah, Something and then like mine, was, mine was 47. Um, I, like, barely beat the game by the skin of my teeth with my characters. What level were you? Uh, 40... I think 46. All my uh, characters were, like, 46. I was, I was, like, level 55, like, give or take for certain characters, and I, I comfortably beat the game. Like, there was no, like, super struggle or anything, so... I think the only thing that helped me beat the game was the fact that I picked up Flare. Oh, and I was just, yeah. like, spamming Flare, and then, like, <laughs> curing with all of, you know, whatever yeah. items I could s- scavenge. Ugh. I, but I did it in one shot, so like I didn't yeah. have to, you know, I didn't have an end screen during the final fight. Well, that's good. I think most of my end screens were um, dying of status ailments. Yeah, mine too, or just like weird. Oh, like stuff. the weird bosses that you they have. There's like a certain learning curve. You go back in a second time. Yeah, I had those that kind of weird times. ones. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, really, I didn't die a whole lot. Yeah, I didn't either. Thankfully. So, Final Fantasy XII was developed by Square Enix. It was released in 2006 on the PS2, originally. <laughs> it took a few months for it to get to North America, and then I think it took like until the following year to get to other regions as well. But around 2006, most of the world had a copy of Final Fantasy XII. Then it, it got re-released as a remaster... Um, on the PS4 and the Switch. The PS4 was released 2017, and then on the Switch and Xbox One, um, it was released on 2019. So, you know. The remaster version did include a couple, like, feature, uh, like, minor changes. The biggest change was, like, the the job system that they incorporated, which is... It's essentially the name of the the game now is the Zodiac Age or the Zodiac job system. And it really does make everything a world different compared to the original. We'll we'll get into that a little bit later. So as usual, we're going to go over the story. Uh, We're going to butcher the story, I'm sure. We usually do. Um, If you wish to skip the story, I will put a timestamp down below um, in the description of this video. podcast where you can jump to to skip the story um it's not the story in its entirety we're just gonna kind of go over the story from the like main points so people who are veterans of the game will notice that there are bits and pieces missing it's intentional mostly as long as you know we're just kind of glazing over the main story and, and highlighting the main points so with that 
Um, the story takes place in Dalmasca. Well, you start off with Dalmasca, the, the capital city, um, the Dalmascan capital city of Rabinaster, where Princess Ash and um, Prince Rossler is getting married. Um, Ash being from Dalmasca, Rossler being from um, now. now Nebradia. Nebradia, right? Um, now, they get married, and it's kind of like a peace treaty between the two nations. Um, and as soon as the, the wedding the wedding is over, the um, Arcadian Empire invades Nebradia, and war ensues. Uh, the king of Rabinaster, Ramanas, he sends his own forces in to help the attack against the the. Um, the captain, against, uh, yeah. Oh, with the captain um, of the knights, Bosch. Uh, but then Prince Rossler joins the fight as well. Obviously, Rossler, being from Nebradia, makes sense that if yeah. his nation is getting attacked, that he's going to go help. Um, when the Damascus Empire um, sees that the war is heading that way, they well, really the the. Sorry, I skipped a line here. The city of um, Nabodice. Nabodice is completely destroyed by the Empire. Um, Prince Rossler is uh, killed in the fight. Um, Captain Bosch makes his way back. But because the fight is going so poorly, um, the Empire extends this offer of peace, saying that they can... Um, all of Delmasca can, you know, sign a peace treaty, basically a surrender peace treaty, and they can set their own terms and offers this, this extends this olive branch to the king of, of Rabinaster. Um, the king heads to um, Nalbana Fortress to sign this treaty, along with Captain Vash and a few other of the knights that are still alive, and those knights, one of them includes this young soldier named Rex, but they're basically guarding the the signing ceremony. After a small attack on Bosch's party, Rex runs to help defend the king, because obviously something's going yeah. down, and finds that the king is being attacked, or everyone, everyone in the room has been murdered, including the king. It's Bosch. It's Bosch who killed the king, right. basically. And here now Rex has been witnessed to Bosch attacking everyone and actually stabs Rex too in the, in oh, the yeah. whole thing. Because because Rex has watched Bosch get murdered and or sorry, Rex watches the king of Rabinaster get murdered. Rabinaster now has no leader. And Delmasca just like forces a surrender and full control over all of Delmasca. And because of this war, Princess Ash's claim to have committed suicide. Bosch is being he, he's being held or executed for uh treason for assassination of the king. Right. Yep. So it's not good. The the war between Arcadia and Dalmasca is really just a consequence to the major war that that Arcadia is going against Rosaria. Rosaria is like a big empire in its own right, but both Dalmasca and Nebradia are kind of caught caught in between. So because of that, they're they're stuck in the middle and 
really the Arcadian Empire is just trying to focus their efforts on Rosaria, which makes this peace treaty between Delmasca a little bit easier for Arcadia because they just want it done and over with. Yeah. Like, we want this territory, just give us the territory. Your people can have, you know, whatever they want, just let us be. Well, after the king dies, then that kind of is flown out the window, and then Vane is put in place as the ruler of Rabinastar, which is, you know, in in uh, Delmasca. Yeah. So, two years later, the younger brother of Rex, Vaughn, is now living as a thief on the streets of Rabinaster with his uh, with his child for childhood friend Pinello, and she kind of wants him to just lead a not thief, <laughs> right? And not and Vaughn and Pinello are both orphaned too, so like they're both really just left to defend for themselves and make make ends meet yeah. on their own, so. So, yeah. so Vaughn really only is dreaming of becoming a sky pirate and would like to get, you know, because his brother has been killed, he would like revenge on the Arcadian Empire. Um, but and his way is taking back what taking back what they stole, like stealing from the guards and in the middle of the streets and all that. Um, but the Empire is throwing a parade to welcome Vane Solidor as the new consul for the city. Um, and he's kind of winning over the city's crowd with the with his talks of peace and all that. Um, but Vaughn is not so easily persuaded in his in the you know in all this talk and stuff. Um, and he decides that he's gonna break into the palace during the ceremony feast and steal steal the the treasures in the treasure vault. Um, so Vaughn through a few through a few uh, assistance from the locals, he's able to break into the palace and he kind of sneaks his way into the treasure room where he finds this large stone hidden away. And as he tries to leave, he actually runs into a pair of sky pirates. Um, do they introduce themselves at that point? No, no they're, they're, just, they're just there for the stone. Kind of just run into each other. And so, the, so he tries to sneak past them and as he's uh, running through the courtyard, he sees the Rabinaster resistance fighting the Empire. So, like, a big... Like, this <laughs> it just happens to be that during this, the uh, the resistance has decided to, like, attack, attack. Yeah, and I think that the Empire play was... was too too ready to do this. Well, I think the empire anticipating like it. anticipated the attack. Yeah. Obviously, there's somebody on the inside that leaked that information, and so the empire was there to fight back against this attack during the ceremony or during the festivities. Yeah. Or whatever. So yeah, they were able to hit really hard with the ship uh, Ifrit. So there's an airship that actually uh, begins firing. At the resistance group, and the sky pirates actually help rescue Vaughn from the from all the fire that's going on, which probably is also because he's got the the stone in his pocket. Yeah, right, <laughs> and he's not willing to give it up easily. So they they actually escape using a hover bike, but it crashes into the castle's waterway, where they kind of get stuck traveling on foot now. And this is where they kind of introduce themselves to. So Van is introduced to uh, Balthier and Fran, the, the the sky pirate group, and they form this like temporary alliance to kind of just get out of there safely. 
Um, as they're leaving, as they're trying to make their way out, though, they come across a woman named Amalia, and Van Vaughn kind of just volunteers to help her in the attempt. But in the attempt to escape uh, the waterway, they are actually trapped by the Empire. So Van Fran, Van Fran, and Balthier are taken to the dungeons of the Nalbia Fortress, and. Uh, Vaughn kind of gets in trouble with some of the others in the dungeon. And I think Balthier actually lets him be for a little bit till he gets into trouble. As he steps in, an Empire judge passes through and makes his presence known to Balthier, Fran, and Van. And they use this uh, opportunity to escape as the guards open the door for the judge to kind of come in. And as they do, they actually find their equipment, as as they do in prisons. Right, yeah. <laughs> Typical Final Fantasy fashion. Oh, conveniently, here's, here's all of our all stuff. stuff. We'll just keep it in one place. It's fine. So they find you find all your stuff, and you they continue to follow the judge into the dungeon, where they're kind of led to where they've been keeping Captain Bosch, who should have been executed, but has been held upside down sideways for two years straight. <laughs> Or something. He looks very gangly. Yeah. Very, yeah. very disheveled and M- malnourished. Malnourished. Um, in the common interest of escaping, they, you guys decide to help Bosch out of his cell. Um, but Vaughn is kind of upset over this, understandably, because to him, Bosch is the one who has murdered his brother Rex so many years ago when that had happened. Um, Bosch actually remembers Rex and speaks very fondly of him, trying to convince the group that he was actually framed by his twin brother of these crimes. You know, the evil twin brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it must have been my twin brother. Um, but with his help, with his fists, yeah, right. <laughs> um, they actually make it, uh, make it back to Rabinaster, and Bosch tells, uh, sets off to join the resistance, while Fran and Balthier decide to go off in their own direction. So Van finds, Van finds himself back in the resistance group where Bosch uh, is trying to convince his innocence to the leader of the resistance group. And Vossler and the other other knights. So Vossler is... Vossler is one of the knights of the old Rabinaster. Yeah. So... Vaughn confronts Bosch again about Rex, and Bosch kind of goes into more details about how Rex was made to be the witness and all of that. And Vossler doesn't fully trust Bosch, but he kind of allows him to aid the resistance anyway and help protect Amalia. And Bosch asks Van, Vaughn, excuse me, to escort him to find Balthier and is again, or, and is able to give Vaughn a moment to tell Bosch that he believes Bosch's story and that he needs to help fight the Empire. Um, when they go to find Balthier, they find out that Pinello has been kidnapped, of course, but a headhunter is looking for Balthier and taken to Bajera, the Bajera mines. Vaughn bribes Balthier with the stolen stone from the, from the palace, which is kind of his way of getting him to help save Pinello from this place. And Bosch also, also wishes to go to Bujera, so the group all decides to uh, join the Sky Pirates ship, the Strahl, and heads off to the floating continent of Bujera. Bujera. Bougie. Bougie? Bougie. (laughs) As soon as they get to... um, uh, Bougie? Bujera. They they catch word of Pinello being kept into the Lusu Lusu mines, mines. and... um, 
they there's a young boy nearby that overhears that they're heading towards the mines who asks to join them. The boy introduces himself as Lamont, and Von quickly um, slips Bosch's real name in the introductions. <laughs> which, you know, Bosch is like now this big deal to supposedly say have been that dead. word. Yeah. <laughs> um, Balthier notes how well informed Lamont seems to be, and uh, just about the Empire in general. Um, For a little boy. Definitely seems skeptical. Skeptical, yes. Um, but the group enters the mines. Um, along the way, they spot a judge talking to the leader named Marquis Andor. Um, seems that he's on his way to the... Um, to the Empire side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Andor's on his way to the Empire side, helping him through... Uh, although he had been known to have been helping the Resistance. So, like, obviously Andor's kind of working both sides, not really knowing where where he lays. Yeah. Um, the group is stopped by Lamont, who wants to stop and look at the mine's rocks, um, showing the group that the mine is full of this nethocyte, which is a magic-absorbing crystal, and that's the whole reason why Lamont was there. Uh, Balthier uh, pressures Lamont into answering some of his questions about how he knows so much about nethocyte and the Empire and whatnot. Lamont does make a run for it, and the party tries to chase after him, but... In this, like, whole moment, the headhunters show up and is also chasing the group. So, like, the headhunters are chasing the group. The group is chasing, chasing Lamont. <laughs> um, however, when Lamont exits the, um, the mines, he meets up with Andor and the judge, who had already caught Pinello. Uh, Lamont does take care of Pinello and goes off into town. The group is able to overhear the conversation... Uh, where Lamont is then called Lord Las Larsa, Lassa. and yeah, he takes he takes off with Pinello. So um, Balthier can specify the identity of Larsa. Yeah, Bal Balthier is able to specify that the identity of Larsa as Larsa of S Larsa Salador, the Empire's the Emperor's son, um, and. Vane's brother. Vane's younger brother, right. The Marquis seems to be aligning with the Empire more and more, so they make a plan to cause an uproar within the locals to try and boast that ba Bosch is alive um, in order to get the Marquis's eye and attention, attention to try and yeah. get, arrange a meeting. Um, when they have gotten enough attention... Um, one of the resistance leaders, Rev, arranges a meeting with Marquis Andor. Bosch and Andor talk about the needs of rescuing Amalia and Pinello. Um, because at this point, Amalia, who we met earlier, and Pinello are now like captured by the Empire, uh, essentially. Dang the Empire. Um... But, like, Pinello is still fairly safe because Pinello is just with Larsa. Yeah. But still, like... They want to... Yeah, they need to go... They still need to save them. Um, so Bosch decides to, quote, threaten Andor to get himself captured. And so the whole group decides to cap get captured. Yeah. <laughs> and they're taken on board um, to Judge Geese, who is flying the Leviathan back to the Empire. 
Uh, once they're on the once they're on the airship, they have a chance to meet with Judge Geese and Amalia, who is revealed to be Princess Ash. Unfortunately, Ash no longer has proof of her royalty, so she's just set to be executed. Bosch says that he knows of a dusk shard and its location. However, this this dusk shard is supposed to be able to prove Ash's true identity yeah. as princess. Vaughn actually ends up having the stone. It's the stone that he had <laughs> stolen back in the palace. So with the stone glowing to prove that Ash is, you know, of royal yes. descent, Judge Geese just like takes the stone immediately and throws Ash in a different cell, sends his men to escort yeah. Vaughn and, and the group to their own cell. Um, however, Vossler is in disguise as one of the guards and helps them escape. They make their way to rescue Ash, and the group runs into Larsa, who's escorting Pinello, letting her rejoin the group again. Larsa guides them to the hangar so that they can escape the Leviathan. However, they, ha- they encounter Judge Geese, who seems to be followed by some kind of entity. Geese does fall, though, and the group is able to escape the Leviathan, and they go back to hunt down Ondor for help. They realize that there's no way of really restoring the princess's place as ruler of Dalmasca without proper proof, so Ash attempts to steal the straw to locate the Dawn Shard. So earlier it was the... um, it was the Dusk Shard. So now she wants to find the Dawn Shard in order to prove her... Her royalty. Her royalty, <laughs> right. Um, Vaughn and Bosch catch her in the middle of stealing the straw and offers... Uh, oh, and then Ash offers the king's treasure for helping her get the stone. So Bosch escorts... Uh, Bosch escorting Fran, or, uh, Ash... Ash Fran escorting Balthier and Pinello with Vaughn, they all head to King Wraithwall's tomb. tomb. <laughs> so along the way, Vossler joins he, he joins back up with the group and escorts them to the tomb, but he stays behind before entering. Ash tells the group about King Wraithwall as one of her ancestors who had obtained three three stones to prove her blood. Like the Midnight Shard given to Nebradia, the Dusk Shard to Dalmasca, and the Dawn Shard to the Hidden Tomb of any, uh, Hidden Tomb for any of his bloodline to find. The tomb is guarded by Belias, Belias, a monster once commanded by Wraithwall himself, and once defeated, Belias offers his power to the team uh, in the form of being an Esper or their version of summons, if you will. Yeah. Right. They acquire the Dawn Shard and flee the tomb to find the Leviathan waiting for them. And as it turns out, Vossler, guided by Judge Geese to uh, uh, to them, and takes the Dawn Shard from Ash. Yeah, so plot twist, Vossler's yeah. a bad guy. Uh, Judge Geese does testing on the Dawn... During this, uh, he ends up testing on the Dawn Shard within the Leviathan... And the stone actually has a really bad reaction, and it expels mist that it, that causes Fran to kind of just go wild. She does go really crazy. Yeah. Um, but because of this craze uh, that Fran is in, it helps provide enough distraction to attempt to escape. Um, but Vossler blocks the way, telling the group that 
he betrayed Ash as it seems that he's betrayed Ash, um, uh, that through the empire is the only way to restore Dalmazga. So they end up fighting Vossler and they only barely escape before the Leviathan explodes, taking the whole empire fleet in the, in the vicinity. The group is able to reclaim the Dawn shard from the explosion. And Bosch recalls a similar explosion in Nabudis. Uh, leveling the, which had leveled the city, figuring that the Midnight Shard was the same type of stone. So Ash decides that she wants to use the stone to fight back the Empire, but doesn't know how to use it exactly. So Fran instructs the group to talk to Gareth, to the Gareth people who know about the Magisite. So your team ends up going to find the, the Gareth, and you learn that the Dawn Shard is a void of power, and it needs to be recharged, but they also don't know how to use the power itself. Yep. So uh, Larsa ends up meeting with them in the Gareth village um, with a frantic message for Ash. Um, the tensions between Rosaria and the anti-resistance group led by Andor um, is really running high. Larsa fears that another battle will be held and Rabin Astar might be the battleground. So the plan that they put in action is to show the Dawn's Shard to the Grand Kiltias um, so that she can be crowned Queen of Dalmasca and, you know, potentially stop Andor from this, this battle. Um, Larsa joins them and uh, they make their way to Mount Baramas. Baramas. Final Fantasy Mountain. The Sacred Temple. (laughs) (laughs) The Sacred Temple where the people of Ivalice come from all over to seek refuge from the war. So, like, basically, if your city was leveled by the war and you survived, you go to this mountain to seek refuge. Um... The group talks to the Grand Kiltias, who is, like, their holy man. Yeah. Like, really, he holds a higher status than anybody in Ivalice. He's very old. But he also is able to um, see into people's dreams and reference their, like, true will or true desires. So, anyway, they talk to the Grand Kiltias, but is interrupted by Al Cid, who's a leader, one of the leaders of the Rosarian Empire. Um, the Grand Kiltias recognizes that both Al Cid and Larsa desires for Ivalice to be unified. Um, and Al Cid tells the group about the current um, current Arcadian Empire. Emperor. Emperor has been killed by Vane, and Vane is now stepping up to be the sole leading force in the Empire. Um, Ash really still just wants to solidify her place as Queen of Damasca, um, but she, but because the stone is powerless, she needs some other relic to be able to prove her royalty. And she is told to go to um, the, find the Sword of the Kings, which is left by King Wraithwall as well. So the group ventures off to the still shrine of Mar- Miriam, Mar- Miriam um, and is able to obtain the, the Sword of Kings, which is supposed to destroy Magisite. So then they head back to the mountain, and on their way they notice that the mountain is like on fire or burning or smoky or something. Something not good. <laughs> when they arrive, they find that the Empire has actually ransacked the locals and um, 
made their way into the Grand Kiltius, uh, finding him dead by Judge Bergen, who is still still there, and is followed by that en- same entity that Judge Geese was followed by before. So after defeating Judge Bergen, Al Cid tells the team that Larsa left with Judge Gabranth and asks Cid to Ash. Oh, sorry. As Sid asks asks Ash <laughs> to join Rosaria in helping to take down the war um, and the anti-resistance. She refuses, um, but she still sets her sight on destroying the Dawn Shard uh, with this new sword that she has. Um, Balthier is able to give some insight on the Shard's location. He says the Shards are in the Draclore Laboratory in Arcadia. So, with because Arcadia is covered by air patrol and they're all still gathering troops for a fight with Rosaria, they decide not to just fly in and they go to Arcadia on foot. So the whole party goes with... They, they're kind of wondering... They, they have a little bit of inner talking where they wonder if Ash is actually going to destroy the Dawn Shard or just reclaim it to use it as power against the Empire. Um, and this is where you find out that Balthier actually used to be a judge in the, in the Arcadian Empire. And his father is Sid, who is a doctor who a doctor or scientist who is researching the Nethocyte that has been claiming or that has been powering all these airships and um, giving power to the judges and a a lot of dark things are going on and it's, it's been Sid's fault. Um, He's the one who's been making the uh, artificial, the artificial Nethocyte. Right. The Balthier talks about how Sid as he found more and more power, he started to kind of talk to himself and go mad. And this craziness made Balthier just want to flee and get out of there and seem like very dark stuff. So Balthier left to become a sky pirate. Um, but Balthier still helps the group to gain access to Arcades and they get to the Draclor laboratory, but they find that all the guards are dead. Um, and it seems that somebody else is there to... Uh, locate Sid. It's not just our party that are there. Um, while looking for Sid, they get attacked by Red S, who is also a Sky Pirate looking for Sid. Um, so they all kind of join together to hunt down Sid, finding him in a crazed state and talking to some entity. Again, similar to um, the judges yeah. previously. So he's talking to... S- There's something weird going on there. Sid... Uh, Sid recognizes Ash and asks, uh, oh, and then attacks the party with the Nethocyte weapons. Um, Sid continues to talk with the entity, calling it Vinette. Vinat. Vinat, yeah. And shows, um, oh, and shows that he, he's, he's currently holding the Midnight Shard and the Dusk Shard. He jumps on a flying vehicle and challenges the party to follow him to Garovagan, where he hunts for yet more stones. <clears throat> so the party, you know, kind of wants to go hunt yeah. him down. <laughs> so the party follows Redis to the Balfrenheim port, where he talks more about his understanding of the war. And Redis tells the group about Ondor's resistance, preparing for an attack teaming up with Rosaria. Um, fear, fear that 
Vane will use his magicite to destroy both Rosaria and Andor's forces. The chase to Sid, they chased Sid to uh, Giruvagan. Um, from there, they set across the world on foot all the way to Giruvagan <laughs> and find that it's actually this ancient uh, place that houses a large crystal. And inside the crystal center, uh, after your team climbs up there, Ash is spoken to by the several godlike beings called the Okuria. Um, these Okuria talk about manipulating actions in Ivalice. However, over time, one of the Okuria, Vanat, went their own way to allow others to be given this free will. And they're kind of, we don't, we don't talk about that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So something, something weird happened. So the Vanat, or sorry, no, Vinat. the Okuria have this way of steering fate of people and Vina kind of had this idea of, no, we want to let them do their own thing. So he left the group of Ikuria to pursue a way to let the people have their own free will, yep. which doesn't sound like a bad thing in my opinion. So that's kind of <laughs> yeah. an interesting plot. Um, so the Ikuria give Ash the treaty blade, which is able to cut the magicite and instructs her to find the sun crest, a larger magicite stone, and use the sword to cut off shards uh, to help seal her power. Um, they task her to take revenge on Arcades and stop Vinat. So the group realizes that Sid is not going to show up and figure that this was all a ploy all along to have Ash meet with the Okuria, like this was what he wanted them to do. Um, so they head back to the Balfron... Balfrenheim uh, port and talks talks with uh, Redis. Ash's options are destroy all the magicite crystals with the Sword of Kings or cut the magicite with the Treaty Blade and take revenge. With Ash still conflicted, Redis joins the group to help find the Suncrest. And a long, long dungeon later, <laughs> we make it up to the top of the tower where the Suncrest is waiting. Judge Grabranth meets the party and urges Ash to use the Suncrest for revenge. And Redis fights back the judge, and Ash sees a ghost of the late Prince Rassler, who tries to persuade her to actually cut the crystal. Ash sees through the ghost as an imposter, and is act who actually turns out to be the Okuria, trying to influence her to get her to do what they want her to. Ash takes the Sword of Kings and vows to destroy the Suncrest. And that's when Sid walks in on the scene and dismisses uh, Judge Gabranth as he was only supposed to be an observer of Ash, not actually to influence her in any way. Yeah, there was a cutscene. I kind of skimmed over it yeah. when I did the walk or the the. He was story really here. supposed to be there to see if she was actually going to be uh, what. Like, it was oh. it was just her true intentions. Sure. Is she actually going to take revenge or is she going to destroy the shard? Cuz if she's going to destroy the shard, then he's she's going to come after the rest of the shards. Yeah. If she's going to cut the shard and use it for power, then they need to per, you know, prepare for yeah. an attack. Judge Gabrath was there to only observe. So really for him to step in and go above that when Sid shows up, Sid's like, "No, you're dismissed. You've you've done, you know, You've yeah. outstepped your your yep. your orders. So Sid tries to talk to Ash into uh, preserving the Suncrest for more study on Magicite. And Balthier actually confronts Sid to talk down the situation. But Sid uh, ends up fighting the party instead. 
Um, at the end of the fight, Sid is consumed by the mist that he has infused himself with and shows no remorse for teaming up with Vinat. And the Suncrest power spirals out of control and Ash pushes forward with the mist to destroy it. Redis takes the sword of, of the king from Ash and gives the party a chance to escape while he destroys the Suncrest in a mass explosion. And he goes out in a bright light. Yeah, and like <laughs> nobody cares because we didn't know who he was anyway. <laughs> So the party flies back to uh, Baffenheim port um, and talks with Al Cid, who's kind of taking control of the port at this point. Um, he informs the party that the tensions between Andor, um, Rosaria, and the Empire are really escalating in a war over Dalmascalands. And Al Cid claims that Rosaria stands little chance against Arcades simply because there's a new sky fortress that they're calling the Bahamut um, that's being used by the Empire. The team takes flight uh, to the sky fortress and finds themselves in the middle of the battlefield between Andor's resistance group and the Empire with Vane and Larsa both inside the, um, the Bahamut. With one shot from Bahamut, it takes down an entire section of the fleet of airships with a powerful explosion. So the Strahl, they just all jump on the Strahl and head towards Bahamut. Um, they're able to, they're able to kind of deceive Andor a little bit to help give guidance in through the battlefield, yeah. um, by using this little walkie talkie that Balthier has with a voice changer. Yeah. Anyway, they make their way on board to the, um, to Bahamut and the party sneaks, um, Oh, yeah, under the battleship. Yeah, whatever. They make it mm -hmm. to Bahamut. Um, Bosch, Bosch is able to talk with Gabranth again, who's somehow on the ship. Oh, sorry, I missed a line. With intentions of setting things with Vane, um, they first meet with G Judge Gabranth, who is surprisingly on the, the ship. The ship. Yeah. I'm not really sure why. Um, oh, well, he uh, he's supposed to be watching Larsa, and Larsa is there. Yeah, that's true. It's just, how did he... I don't know, whatever. Anyway. Magic. Um, after he's taken down by Bosch, Bosch talks to Gabranth about just basically trying to talk sense into him. Trying to understand why he got so sidetracked from his main goal of protecting Dalmasca. Um, but they press forward and find Larsa in vain. Larsa is desperately trying to, to get to Vane to stand down. Um, but Vane shows no sign of giving in and Larsa puts him to a sword. The party jumps in to fight with Larsa against Vane. The most useless NPC assisting you ever, by the way. Oh, that yeah, was the no, worst. He didn't do anything. He just stood there. Well, I, it's because he's not technically <laughs> a guest in your party. <laughs> he had a health bar. I, I don't know. <laughs> So, when Vane finally falls, uh, Larsa runs to his side. However, he's zapped by Vana, who supercharges Vane into a Super Saiyan. Of course. Which was kind of impressive. He was very muscular he underneath all that very stuff. ugly. He did. He looked awful. <laughs> so, Vane attacks the party with full force with a bunch of flying swords. And um, Judge Gabranth intervenes to try and fight Vane, but is quickly pushed back. Um, Vane prevents the party from Vinat. following him with, he's, Vane, Vane gets wounded and goes off onto the deck, 
uh, Vina stops the party from pursuing Vane, um, but Vina tells Vane that his mission, Vina's mission, is uh, is complete. That you know this was his desired outcome all along. Yeah, yeah. So Vane gets all powerful with Vina's powers and transforms him into this big Bahamut-looking monster using pieces from the Sky Fortress. Um, the party then fights this big Bahamut vein monster, <laughs> and um, his body explodes, and the damage it ultimately damages the Sky Fortress. They escape to the Strahl. However, the Strahl's not powering up. So Balthier and Fran go back to the engine room to try and kickstart it, ordering Vaughn to take charge and fly the ship as soon as it's back online. As soon as the Strahl starts up and they fly out of Bahamut, um, Ash, Bosch, and Larsa all communicate with the rest of the battlefield to indicate that Vane is dead and they... Tell all of the forces to stop firing immediately. Um, The fighting does stop. However, the damaged Sky Fortress is causing it to begin to crash right on top of Rabinaster. Um, Judge Zargabeth (laughs) um, plans to ram into the Sky Fortress and orders all of the fleet to fire as soon as he does. However, in the middle of this plan being figured out, Bosch, uh, Balthier chimes in on the radio saying that him and Fran are on the, the Bahamut and they're restoring the Bahamut to try and get, fly it away from the city. Um, Balthier succeeds and Rabinaster is saved as Balthier and Fran are still on the, on the Bahamut as it crashes into the desert. On the other side of uh, presumably dead. Yeah, presumably <laughs> it does. It does feel like that they gave their lives for it. So then um, you see the party one year later. Um, Ash has been named queen. She's she's having her coronation like the next like month or whatever. Yeah, right. That's what it says um, Bosch has been given Judge Gabrant's side as um, taking place. Uh, guarding Larsa. Guarding Larsa, yeah. Uh, the Strahl, who v- Vaughn has been watching and restoring, has been, quote, stolen. But it's very evident that it was Balthier and Fran who took the Strahl back. Um, Vaughn and Pinello become their own Sky Pirates and get their own airship, and that's the end. Yay! We made it. So, welcome back. If you uh, decided to skip the story, I don't blame you. It was a long one. Um, I We have, like, rough... It's been, like, roughly 45 minutes. Maybe not quite as much. So, like, it wasn't quite as long as I expected it to be. I was expecting, like, a full hour and a half. That's how long it felt. <laughs> we, we went through it pretty well, yeah. though. <laughs> so, what'd you think of the story? Um... A lot of plot holes that I don't feel like, I feel like that they weren't addressed and I felt like some of it was just, I don't know. 
It, it seemed like there was some plot holes. Yeah, yeah, there was. There was a lot of like, wait, why? Yeah. Why are we doing things this way? Just because we have to? Like, yeah. We were talking about it a little bit before this and watching some videos, and you you have this airship. Pie, pie. Sky <laughs> piracy is a huge major theme in this entire game. You're on the airship maybe like five times. And what I think is funny is they actually have airship ports that you go into. I never was I in never there. I never was in there either. I walked 95% of the time in this game. I didn't. I used the teleport oh, yeah, I crystals did use the like teleport 90% crystals. of the time. Did you ever run out of the crystals, though? I no, did. Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> um, I, I did like... The first half of this game, I loved. I was really, really into it. I was following it. And I do think that it's got a good story. I just... It's not the strongest story, especially of all of the games that we've played until now. It's not the weakest story. Um, I just... I liked it. I followed it. I was not in love with it. Um, I thought that it was just slow. Yeah. It was kind of hard to follow. There was a lot of times where I'm like, why are we going here again? What are we doing here? Like, the story would, would be progressing, and I'm still like, wait, why are we even here? Yeah. Like, how did we... How do, what, what decisions were made that we ended up here? Like, what are we doing? So, like, there was a lot of that where I had to, like, sit and, like, think about the stories, like history and it's like okay well i guess we're going here because of and then you know whatever the situation was but yeah it there was a lot of this like wait why 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 are we doing this i I do think this game story one of the strongest points it made was there was a lot of characters that there was a lot of characters, side characters, main characters. I think that what they did with the main characters, for the most part, very strong. Like, I appreciated that... Well, I think with the exception of maybe Pinello, like, every character had its own interesting backstory. They all had these interesting... Um, dyna- you know how in Final Fantasy VI, there is no main character? I kind of feel like that's kind of the, the vibe that they're doing with this. There's there's three main characters, in my opinion. Vaughn, Balthier, and Ash. Yeah. Those are your three main characters, and you follow their story. You typically follow it from, like, Vaughn's perspective, and I think that that's just because the story kind of starts with Vaughn, but he's not, like, the center of the story. So he's a good, like, third party to put you as a player in the perspective of. But really, he's not the main character. They all, all three of those are. But, like, Vaughn has his, like, sidekick. Balthier has his sidekick. And Ash has her sidekick. Yeah, that's true. So that makes your six characters. I... I think that... It's kind of, not that any of this is realistic, but I think that Vaughn and Pinello being there is a little unrealistic. I Agreed, think in a realistic yeah. world, they would have been dropped off at a certain because they have no real attachment other than Vaughn's brother was killed presumably by Bosch. That's it. Yep. And they were, and I feel like that they made this huge emphasis that both Vaughn and Pinello are kids for the most part, and and it made it. St- they were out of their, place. Their childishness felt 
awkward many times. They pointed it really out a few times. And I really didn't like Vaughn just because of that. Like, yeah. not, that, not that he was overly annoying, but just that his childishness they, was very out of place they in this put emphasis. Like, they put emphasis about they there would be certain comments by like Balthier, maybe Bosch, I can't remember which one. Or they were talking about how, you know, the kids and their you know, from their side and it's just like, why are the kids here? Right. Because they really were kids. There was nothing wrong with like that of all the kid characters, they were probably the least annoying of all the children <laughs> they have in these I, games. I think the only reasoning I can give behind it is that Vaughn really pushed himself to be in that situation. Yeah. And Penelope's there just because Vaughn's there, really. But, like, Vaughn, you're right, though. Vaughn really should have been dismissed way earlier and been like, yeah, but you're a child. Yeah. Like, you don't need to be fighting in wars. You're a child. I so. thought it was kind of interesting what they did with Larsa and Penelope. I, I kind of liked that... Larsa kind of took care of Pinello for a short amount of time. I thought that they were going somewhere with that. They didn't. I thought they were going to, though. And I liked that Pinello's character has this, like, caring... Uh, not that she was a kid, but there was this motherliness to her that I kind of liked. She had, like, a natural white mage about her. And I think <laughs> Vaughn... I think Vaughn's point was he was kind of following in Balthier's footsteps. Not that Balthier w was a father figure by any means, but there was this... You know, that's what Vaughn was aspiring to be. Yeah. And I kind of get what they were doing with that. But it's still, I think Vaughn's story specifically, and especially as you're following him almost as the main character, it falls short. And For it sure. kind of hurts the overall. Well, and he he had, like, no backstory, too. Yeah. Like, his backstory was literally, his he's orphaned and his brother died, and that's it. Like... They gave a little more story to Rex that we didn't really talk about in our story overlay over, overview, where basically Rex was he he was framed to be the witness, and he was kind of put in like a like a ketosis state yeah. or something. Like he wasn't fully himself after that, and died shortly after. So like he was made to bear witness. He essentially was he he was fed lines to say what he saw and then he died and that was it and Vaughn obviously put all of that all of the blame yeah. on the empire and on Bosch. Bosch but you know so that said I did not care for Bosch yeah. but I appreciated this kind of sad scapegoat uh story that he had for this and and not only did he have to seek forgiveness which was not his fault forgiveness from Vaughn from Ash and I mean pretty much everyone because of course he was falsely yeah, accused he kind of takes it elegantly too. I know He's just like yeah no it's bad it's horrible <laughs> and I'm sorry that this happened yeah. but it wasn't me and like his his overall thing is just like Regardless of how you feel about me, I'm here to do this, yeah. to serve this he purpose. took it with grace. Like, I, I'm a knight of Dalmasca. I'm, you know, I'm here to protect Lady Ash. That's it. We're done. Like, that's that's my goal. That's what I'm here to do. He serves as more plot points along the way. It's yeah. like, informational-wise. But yeah. otherwise, like, that's it. Like, his, that's, that's the only reason he's there. His role is very typical of the kind of role that he filled. I loved Balthier and Fran. Yeah, me too. And I think I love these kind of characters because they 
seem more close to us in real life because we're all capable of being bad people and good people at the same time. Um, but the wittiness and stuff. And Fran, of course, was very cool and got her mini backstory. I The only character I did not like was Ash. <laughs> I did not like her at all. Yeah, she's a bit of a B. <laughs> yeah, she's... Yeah. And, you know, I kind of was like, well, maybe at some point, you know, she's kind of cold at first. Maybe there's some redeeming qualities later. And it's just, no, she just straight up is kind of a B. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Vaughn. Yeah, I know. I can't believe she, I have this video clip I took and they're talking like they normally do during a cut scene. And Vaughn steps in and is just like, yeah, but you're going to do this, aren't you? And she's just like, oh, I'm talking, man. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was really bad. <laughs> yeah, but you know. I mean, same, right? but <laughs> I it's just her character was so cold through most of the I think uh, put yourself in her perspective oh, though. Like I get what they're doing. She she's kind of forced to take on the queen role, but yet she can't because she has no proof, and every time she gets proof, it's taken away from her. And, like, by the end, she's kind of bitter about it. The fact that she doesn't pursue um, any sort of retaliation or power at the end is is kind of remarkable. Like, I think anyone in that position would just be like, you know what? I just need fire behind me. Like, I just need to blow everyone up, and then we'll start from scratch. (laughs) I get what you're saying, but when you compare to like her partner Bosch, yeah. who I mean, let's be honest, his is just as his backstory is terrible. He handles all of this stuff, you know, it's terrible, but he handles it in great. You know, we're just gonna have to figure this out or keep going. Or her character is just, I don't know, I it it's too intense for me. She needed some softness to her at yeah. some point, and yeah. she never really got that. I felt like, I don't know, um. The Acuria, the yeah, the Acuria, Acuria, yeah. I just think that was dumb too. I just didn't understand. Like it seemed a little last minute thrown in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like they have to have some like religious deity type character model in every Final Fantasy game that you like. Ultimately, have to fight at the end. And like they were, they were forcing that into the story, and then like so, so it's like so. Let me get this straight: they want Ash to seek revenge on the Empire, to kill Vana, so that they can continue their reign as you know harbors of fate, right? But like, wouldn't Ash not already want? To, yeah. Like, wouldn't Ash realize that that's garbage and side with Vinat anyway? So then, like, what makes Vinat so bad? Like, what? Oh, what, I thought what about is, that too. What is his ultimate goal here with like aiding the Empire, or is it really to aid the Empire? Is it mostly like working with Sid to develop w- Nethesite to fight the Magisite or something? Like, you know, what 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 was Vinat's end goal here? Like, I still don't really understand. And, like, now that Vinat's gone, what's the deal with the Akuria now? Like, are they back to being, right. you know, yeah. rulers of fate? Like, what? Uh, well, I don't, it sounds I don't like understand. a massive plot hole. To right. Me. <laughs> right. I just, I just didn't understand. Uh, also, something that I found really interesting um, 
like the Bahamut was powered by Nethesite that was manufactured yeah. by Sid. Sid also had his own manufactured Nethesite that he threw out that turned into that like um I can't remember his name. It was kinda he kinda looked like X Death. Remember that like big like oh, night guy that you had the, to fight? The one of the judges? No. It was when you're fighting Sid in the tower, okay. he sends out Nethesite and it transforms into an Esper. Oh yeah. And then you get that Esper at the end I forget after what, the fight. If, I forget it was something weird oh, yeah. named. It was like Ifrit, but, but it like wasn't. Fanfreed or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so if the Nethesite has the power of summoning espers and the Bahamut is powered by Nethesite, then is the Nethesite in the Bahamut structure Bahamut? And then Ifrit is in Ifrit and Maybe. Shiva's in Shiva. So like essentially, you know, on all these on board all these ships is the espers that you oh, would yeah. otherwise get, you know. Interesting. I don't know, something that I was thinking Good about. Good thinking. Yeah. That was smart. I would have never thought about that cuz I didn't care enough. <laughs> it's too deep <laughs> thinking for a game like this. Well, the thing is and we can talk about this later too. The story is kind of pushed aside for all the dungeon crawling. Either. Yeah, no, no. And, you know, honestly, this game, as long as, I mean, 45 hours, I feel like most of it was dungeon crawling. You really don't have that. I mean, that story really is... I There was a certain point where I, I stopped playing for a tiny bit because Christmas and all that stuff. So then I picked the game up again and had to crawl through like three dungeons before I, I completely forgot some stuff. I, I relearned the story going through the story <laughs> because you know, there's so much dungeon crawling in between. You almost forget what you're even doing, Yeah. which is too much. If you forget what you're doing, that's too much dungeon crawling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I do feel like that it was sprinkled in there enough. Yeah. But it what I don't know. It was sprinkled in there a little bit, but maybe not quite enough. So like as you're going from like they're not necessarily dungeons, they're just like wild areas. Yeah. When you're going from like zone to zone, every now and then you'll get like a little like cutscene mm -hmm. where you're, you know, the party's interacting with what's going on in the zone. And it kind of one, it adds reassurance that you're on the right you're, yeah. you're on the right path, <laughs> yeah. you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Just keep going, but also it gives a little extra insight to the the world in that area. So that was kind of nice, but um, yeah, I mean there wasn't a whole lot. I think the thing that bugged me the most was that when you went to different cities, there was no like, there was no side quests or anything fun to do in the cities. The cities were really just there to provide like nourishment. Yeah, you're like upgrade your weapons, yeah. do that stuff. You can do the hunts if you want to, but like. There's no, like, you can talk to the people, and the people will give you a little bit of insight of the state of things in the town, but there isn't really a whole lot of, like, true plot story information yeah. there. Well, it really is just, the, here's the story, and there really is no, nothing on the side. Yeah. Where, you know, in some, some of the, some of the past Final Fantasies, you kind of have this almost comedic relief where you go off and do something silly. Right, or, and there was, there was very little of this, like, 
fun yeah. side questing, do well, do stuff just to do stuff. Unless you want to count going around screaming that your name is Bosch von Rossenberg yeah, or whatever. Yeah, there was a couple of those. There was the other yeah, one. Yeah, and I didn't like in, that. In Arcadia. Where you had to collect all the, the like chops. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't the, like The lamb either. chops. It was silly. Yeah, I didn't like... Here's the thing. The first one I understood, I didn't want to see it again. I didn't want it to do that again. And, like, it's fine once in a while or whatever, but, yeah, like, they're really... I think the most interesting side thing that you really do that I felt like was when you had to go talk to Miguelo a few times. Yeah. I loved Miguelo. He was so cool. I loved him. <laughs> Not enough of Miguelo. But, yeah, I... I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't want more fetch quests. Yeah. But I feel like this story could have done a little bit better with some quest side questing not necessarily quote side questing like a true side quest well, but yeah, they like did have just a little like hey go and do this and then come back some, like within some, the city some subplot yeah yes yeah, not yeah. necessarily a side quest you want some side stuff to the plot yeah again comedic relief or just and i i get that this is a serious story a lot of serious, but like Maybe even strengthening the reason why Vaughn and Pinello are there. Because, mm-hmm. like, why are Vaughn and Pinello really there? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What would you end up giving the story? Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I give it a 7 out of I 10. I feel like it's high, though. Like, maybe I'll yeah. go down a notch. Be just you're, you're right, though. Like, there's there's a lot of plot lo- holes. More than there should be. There's not enough information on, you know... Well, and I, I feel like, too, with the amount of dungeon crawling... There, you could have cut some of that out and walked around these cities. You don't even visit Rosaria. Yeah, that was something that I found interesting. I actually have a note here that, like, there's no information on Rosaria. Like, the only... They're a big part of this whole plot, though. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, the only insight to Rosaria that you have is El Cid, who's just this, like... Weirdo? Gross guy. (laughs) Sleazy guy. Comes waltzing in, who's like, yeah, I'm super awesome. And then... Like, gives a little bit of, you know, yeah. government information oh, and then leaves. The other thing, and maybe you know more than I do, maybe you caught into this. When you visit Arcades, Balthier goes, I'm going to be right back. And he leaves. And then he joins up with you and you go on about your day. Where does he go and why? I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't buy that DLC. <laughs> right, that would have been DLC. Am I right? <laughs> the only thing I could think was that he was like trying to do something because you know Sid is there. That's what you're there to do, right? Is yeah. visit Sid. So I, I, it was so weird. Yeah. And I left in the middle of this to do something. I left, and he rejoins your party. If he's you like, leave. "Where are you going?" Oh, and then when you go back, he's like, "All right, bye." That's <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. I didn't know that. That's so funny. <laughs> No, um, the only thing I can think of is that he can't be in your party because of the chops thing. But why? I don't know. I don't know. They were like, we really want you to do these, to do this, but we would be a shame if it didn't make sense. Unlike the rest of the plot. <laughs> Let's make this itty bitty piece in this city. Makes sense. Balder, you need to leave. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing I can think of because that that guy that you meet in the Jules like or whatever is the name like is. low Arcades or yeah, whatever yeah. the like low town yeah. Arcades, um, the 
you meet up with that guy and that guy kind of helps you to get into the arcades like city and then once you get there then oh, right, Balthier takes off and then you have to do the chops thing and the guy the guy he's supposed to give you the chops he's supposed to give you the chops that Balthier gives him but he doesn't instead he makes you get your own that is so bad. Yeah, it's stupid. That's really dumb. Yeah. yeah. Especially because I didn't pay attention to the stories. I used I a guide. Oh, did you? Yeah. I, I did have to like read all of the I didn't want to read all of it. I read the first one. I'm like, this is stupid. My brain is too tired for this. And I just looked it up. It, yeah. And really, you could just talk to people and you would have figured it out anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I did. Like, I had the guide with me and I did reference it a couple times when I was stuck. Yeah. But... It was really just like the whole time I was doing it, I'm like, this is so this dumb. This is really this dumb. This is so <laughs> stupid. Why am I doing this? And it's like you talk to a guy and he's like, Oh man, I really wish that my wages were better. And then you talk to another lady and she's like, My husband really is supposed to be buying me a new dream house or whatever. And then like you have to combine the two stories, so then you tell the lady, Oh yeah, but they're cutting wages. So then she's like, Well, I guess I'm not gonna get my dream house or whatever, and then <laughs> leaves, and then she gives you a chop and it's like, you're Okay, just, thanks. You walk around with all this raw meat. <laughs> I don't even understand what the chops are. I don't either. I don't All know. right. What the heck, Final Fantasy XII? Right. <laughs> so I give it a 7 out of 10. <laughs> All righty then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... That's too bad. Yep. I mean, it's... Again, it, the story itself in its raw form... It's not that bad. I followed it. It's okay. It's a Final Fantasy, very politically, whatever. I loved Balthier and Fran. They carried the whole freaking game. They were in my party 24-7. Vaughn could... I didn't even... There could have just been Fran and Balthier for all I cared. <laughs> <laughs> who, was your, who was your main party? Vaughn, Balthier, and Fran. Okay. The rest of my characters were like... like They were all like in their mid-50s, and everyone else was rocking their 20s. <laughs> <laughs> they were enough leveled up so that I could heal my party and then get back on the horse. Uh, <laughs> so my I kept my party very well-rounded. Um, I had Bosch, Vaughn, and Balthier as my like tanks yeah. and knights. So like they did all the like heavy damage and stuff. Then I had Pinello. I had the girls. The girls? P Pinello, Ash, and, and Fran. They were all my white mages, and Ash was my black mage and summoner, even though I never actually summoned anything. Yeah. Um, my... <laughs> well, let's talk about graphics, then we'll get back to okay. that, because... That's yeah. all very much gameplay. But yeah, so my my I didn't have like a main 3. I just kind of whenever I needed to swap care once I once everybody leveled up, I just like swapped characters yeah. to the next yeah. set and like I that just always sense. had a set of, you know, yeah. tanks and tanks and mages. You had it all well-rounded. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> Which is probably why I was able to beat the game at a lower level and yeah. like you were able to breeze through it at a higher level. I like scrape bath. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Graphics. I didn't have much to know. I didn't either. I, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I gave it an 8. I kind of didn't like the saran wrap look. Yeah. But, you know, well, and two, the, some of the dungeons were very copy-paste per mm, level. Yeah. Especially the, like, palaces and stuff like the palaces looked beautiful, but they all looked, everything looked the same everywhere I went. 
Um, but like everything was like so intricately detailed though. Like I felt like, like I, uh, let me just say right now, I think my new favorite character is Balthier. He's my favorite. I fangirl over him forever. But I liked how detailed his outfit was, but yeah. it wasn't overly detailed, you know? Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt that way about everyone except freaking Bosch. Bosch looked like he got his outfit out of a Goodwill. And honestly, I didn't show you this. One of the one of the people that follow Redis around, she was wearing this outfit, and her underwear is on the outside of her clothes. Most of the people <laughs> in this game, they all walk around like this ridiculous. They walk around with a thong outside of their pants. <laughs> They're all shirtless. <laughs> yeah, the major- vast majority of the towns. If you walk around and you look at townspeople, the vast majority of them wear their underwear on the outside. And I don't know why. It makes no sense. A lot of the, like, outfit and all of these. Like, uh, there was, like, some people, they looked awesome, and everyone else just looked ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. (laughs) Again, I I thought the reason why, when I first saw Bosch changed, I thought he looked ridiculous simply because he had no regular clothes. (laughs) He looks like he got his clothes out of a random Goodwill bin that hadn't even been gone through yet. It was just dropped off outside. I'll just make something work here. That's exactly what it looks like. (laughs) It looks so weird. Um, I I thought that everyone looked really good. uh, We played the Zodiac Age. Yeah. And so it's the upscaled version, though I do remember the original game looked very good for its time. Um... They were definitely going for a more realistic look to everything, as opposed to a very Japanese um, anime yeah. look. Like the where, tales. Like, I, I feel like ten, like Final Fantasy ten, was very oh, yeah. like Japanese anime like vibe. Where this was, they were going for a very serious, mature, realistic look, and I feel like they they did pretty well, but. You know. I thought the cutscenes looked really, really nice. Oh, the cut yeah. Cutscenes were beautiful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but you could definitely like there there was something very different about my characters in the cutscenes versus regular gameplay. I couldn't get over how shiny and defined their lines were mm. on their faces and their hair. Vaughn's hair drives me crazy. I like want to touch it or something. It's something weird. It's like layered all kind of wonky huh. and stuff. And every time he moved, it was like jello almost. I don't know. It was, it was weird. I think all of the, I, I think the original game was very similar, but everything was very like fuzzy. So like a lot of those details were like blurry in a way. And they're like I weird. It wasn't way. as dramatically obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Like even their faces were like, Soft. Very minimal detail. Like, their facial structures are very minimal detail. Like, you could tell that there was eyes and blinking and talking, but, like, it was so, like, I don't know, maybe it was just very compressed that it looked bad, but, like, it looked okay, like, tasteful. (laughs) To me, it's just... Tasteful pixelation. Every time there was a cutscene, all I focused on was, like, the way they looked kind of shiny. Like, Mm. I just just kept staring and... I, I don't I can't know. It was weird. I really noticed that. I know. I know that the lighting was definitely more precise in the cutscenes, and I noticed that. And you know, obviously, all the character models looked amazing in yeah. the cutscenes. But yeah, I can't say I, I noticed this like glossiness. Hey, you show me a picture, and yeah. like, yeah, I see it. But uh, I mean, it wasn't bad, and it wasn't terrible. I just, I that's all. I, for some reason, that's just all I really hyper focused on. Yeah. But again, like. 
uh, the Vera, who they don't wear very many clothes. And I know in Final Fantasy fourteen, people talk about them being the sexy bunnies and stuff. But, like, I liked Fran's outfit, actually. Like, as little... Uh, I don't feel like she wears this that little. I mean, she is exposed, but I don't think it's like sexy bunny yeah. exposed anyway. But I really liked Fran's design. I liked Fran yeah, as a Fran, character, period. Her voice. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Fran a lot, actually. Um, I think all the battle zones looked pretty good. There was a lot of cut and paste. You're yeah. right. But like within the, the, the zone itself, not necessarily between the zones. So like each zone had their own like unique thing. But, yeah, like, this zone looked exactly like that zone, just a different map, you know? I felt like their copy and pasting of enemies was done in a way that didn't make it seem terribly obvious. Um, like, the the reuse of the different Marlboros and uh, the flying enemies. Like, they were the same flying enemies with different abilities, but some of them really did look different. Like, it, they made it seem very... Less, less, just palette swap. Uh, yeah, you know. But it was like, oh, it's a wolf. Yeah, that. Oh, definitely. it's a Marlboro. Like, I kind of. Here's the thing, though. I kind of understand doing it with the wolves, but like the flying enemies, they really did need to be changed. Oh, but there was a lot of the same snakes. Um, the corals were yeah. kind of the same, but I mean, it wasn't really, dramatically the same. We've now basically said all the enemies in the game. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got the snakes, you've got the, the Marlboros, you've got the corals, you've got the, the flying enemies, which was basically just the zoos or well, the Wavelands. you had some of your, like, zombies and yeah, the, your the ghosts, skeletons. Ghost yeah, guys. the ghost guys. Um, what do you think about having, like, the random people on the battlefield? I thought it was a nice touch. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I, and when I first saw it initially, I stopped and I'm like, am, am I playing online right now? Like, <laughs> I, I knew that I wasn't, but it was this moment of like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I thought it was nice to see yeah, like a random kinda... guy like helping, helping well, you out. Well, sometimes they'd attack you. Sometimes they would throw a potion at you too, though. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. What the heck? My people sucked. <laughs> Especially that um, that tribe that you go to. Oh, yeah, Gareth. yeah, that's right. The I kind of liked them. The, um, the war... The war leader, or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. The war chief. He, yeah. uh, he's the one that you actually meet out in the field as you're yeah. approaching the village, and yeah, you can fight with him along oh. the way, and he'll like heal your party and stuff too. So it's. What was your favorite, um, uh, like race in this? Uh, probably the Vera. The Vera. I, I do really like the Vera too. I kind of liked the Bonga. I don't know why. I don't like it when they were in the prison. They looked like they were wearing diapers, but <laughs> I Miguelo. do. Yeah, I do like, well, it was Miguelo too, but I kind of have always really liked them for some reason. Cause I liked playing tactics advanced cause they're in advance too. Yeah. Um, but I really liked that. I think that that's interesting. And I like that they've got that. It's to like their lizard text. people. Yeah. 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 There's something just, I just think they're very interesting, yeah, but yeah, sure. the Vera definitely are pretty cool too. I, I really like the Humes. Like the, I really like the Moogles, and I was kind of disappointed that this game didn't include any Moogles. Like, they were in the yeah. game, but they weren't, like, in your party. And I feel like I feel like that would have been fun. I kind of like... Let's, let's swap out um, Pinello for um, yeah, Marcel or whatever his name is. And, uh, Marcel? Oh, Montblanc? Montblanc, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I liked what they did with him though. That was kind of nice. Yeah. That was and, a nice. And I mean, ad. he's in it, Tactics Advance. Yeah. So like, well, to what see he's him doing makes character. sense. Yeah. So yeah, it is really kind of cool. It was fun. I don't. Th- well, you know, in eleven, you've got the little um, uh, what are they called? The the little onion people. Yeah, they're not onion people, but they they. The Tarotaros, is yeah, that what yeah. they were? Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't see why they couldn't make the Moogles work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And <laughs> they I, did have them. Yeah. There's yeah, that little that little section where they're, like, tinkering or so they're fixing the bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't like that. Did oh, you, it was okay. Did you fight the um, bombs? Yeah. <laughs> did you die to the bombs? I died once to the bombs, yeah. I did yeah. too. <laughs> oh, well, I think I died maybe twice. I fought them... The first time I fought him, I'm like, well, that sucked. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know where else to go. So I fought him again. And I'm like, okay, I'm definitely not supposed to be here yet. So then I like went a different way and I found somewhere yeah. else to go. I, I fought those bombs. I beat those bombs. And I went a little bit farther. And I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. And yeah. I would turn it back around. You beat the bombs? Yeah, I did. Wow. You know, you can silence them from uh, oh, stop, I, I didn't, stop I didn't summoning the more bombs. Yeah, it was so freaking frustrating. <laughs> but I digest. So I gave graphics an eight out of ten. Yeah, I mean, uh, I gave it a nine out of ten. Yeah. I, you know, again, being that we are playing the upscaled version, it did look beautiful. It really did. And like, I remember when I first, I they had a demo of it in the stores when it first came out, and like you could see the graphics of you know the remaster version, and I'm like. To play this on a big screen TV is going to be amazing. And while it wasn't quite as amazing as I was giving it credit for at the time, it definitely was, like, nice. Like, walking through the forests and stuff, it was pretty cool. I felt like the only real beautiful place was the forest, though. Yeah, maybe. Because, like, look at all the places in Final Fantasy X. That would have been amazing with Final Fantasy XI's or XII's graphics. And I don't, because it's so political, and the places you visit are, like, these older, like dusty dungeons like there is no like oh the only the cities are kind of neat too though i yeah what little places you can go and again a lot of a lot of it all looked the same yeah and there was just a lot of people in my way (laughs) i don't know i uh, (laughs) yeah i don't know rabinastar looked really good um and our arcades looked really good too I was Granted, too busy looking for chops. There wasn't a whole lot going on in Arcades. Like, you, you know, you and had maybe your that's part of my shops, issue. but, like, there wasn't a whole lot to go and do. I thought that the airship place, I understand it. And they have that in Final Fantasy. Uh, do they have it in 11, too? Yeah. They have it in 14, for sure. But uh, I, I think a lot of people say that they're, like, aiming for this MMO feel, but, and there is a lot I can see from both 11 and 14, but it just, I don't know. I think the, I see the ambition as just, it wasn't very, the whimsy, mystical Final Fantasiness was not in this game. I the, don't the, know. I felt like it was very tactics. Yeah, that's like it, true. It felt very tactics-like, and, like, even as you're, you know, the the way that some of the characters are running around the world, even, like, they have that, like, yeah. you know, charge about them. Like, watching the Moogles run around, it was adorable. Are, were you sad about the fanfare? No. 
No. I was when the fir- when the game first came out. So my history with this game, I played it when it first came out. I got to maybe the first judge fight and I couldn't beat him. And I hated the like gameplay style because it wasn't Final Fantasy X. Yeah. You know, they, they like completely changed the battle system. It and, was a like, turn base. I just I couldn't I like couldn't understand it. I felt like that the fanfare was completely gone, though it's yeah. not. Um the leveling system was like blah, like fighting was a pain in the butt. I just wasn't digging it at all. Then I played it again when I played through all the Final Fantasies in, in yeah. sequence, and I really liked the game. And it was it, it's it's definitely different from the every Final Fantasy game before it, maybe except for eleven. Um, but I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed, and and this time around, it was a little tough to get up and going. But once I was in it, like I enjoyed fighting. Yeah. I enjoyed the dungeon crawling a little bit. It got old after a while, but I still like fully enjoyed the game through. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's go ahead and talk about gameplay. So the gambit system. Yeah, let's go over all of the all of the aspects yeah. of gameplay. Um, so the Final Fantasy X, from from our perspective as having. Prior to Final Fantasy XI, we would play typically Final Fantasy 1 through 10. 10 2 is Final Fantasy XI, in air quotes. It's not yeah. really, but that's we kind of put it in that placeholder. Um, and then we moved to 12. Well, 12 is so vastly different from Final Fantasy X and before that. No turn base whatsoever. Um, the leveling system is kind of back to traditional, but you have this like license board thing which is really confusing and um then you have the gambits thing which is really confusing but once you start to understand it and learn how to play it does feel more turn-based than i originally gave it credit for so um the battle system functions on um a gambit system and gambits is just a Final Fantasy term for actions or um, automation. And you can set any of your characters, any of your main six characters, with specific attributes on how to perform while in battle. And depending on where you have them and, and the priority that you have them in, you can set them up to do pretty much anything in-game or during a battle. So, like, you know... If you want someone to always attack the strongest monster, you could have it set that way. If you wanted someone to always heal if your health falls below 50%, you can have it set that way. Um, So, like, you don't have to sit and babysit every single action. This is meant to kind of streamline that attack, 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 especially for the smaller monsters. Um, if you're walking through a zone, it's really nice to just be able to walk up to an enemy, have your party just do their thing, and then you move on to the next enemy. (laughs) So, like, it it makes the battle system go really fast, but if you're not paying any attention, you can die pretty quick. Um, You learned that early on. So, the cool thing about this battle system is that at any point in time, you can hit X, which will pause pretty much the entire game, and you can issue commands individually. Did you hit the X by accident? No. Have you done that? 
I walked around for a while and didn't realize I'd done that to Balthier. And I'm like, why isn't he attacking? My oh, gambits you, are all set up. You turned off the gambits. I turned it off by yeah, accident. Yeah, I've done that a few times. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go on. So anyway, if you hit if you hit an action button while you're playing the game while you're battling, it will pause the battle and you can issue commands to any one of your currently using characters, even guests. Even though yeah, that's guests, kinda nice. even though guests they're like made up to be like you can't do anything with them you can still issue commands yeah so i don't know what the deal is but in any case at any point during a battle you can pause the game issue commands and they'll all execute that command that you wish by the way you can also equip do your license boarding and all that stuff you can do pretty much anything you could do when you would expect to only be able to do outside of a battle the only thing that you're limited to is swapping your characters in and out of gameplay yeah, they have to not be in an action or having an action performed on them. Right. Which kind of sucks sometimes. It, it makes it hard if you accidentally brought out the wrong character. Yes. Yes. So, Agreed. Um, and anyway, what's what's really cool about that is it gives you this chance to correct some of the things that you didn't quite prepare for in your gambits. So your gambits, for me anyway, I set up all my gambits to kind of be a real generic... Kill yeah. the monsters, get it over with, go, 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 heal, heal, heal. And anything outside of that, I took care of on my own. So, like, if somebody fell asleep, I would have someone issue a command to right. heal them. You know, so on. I, as you progress and as you get more uh, magics and skills and stuff, you can issue more gambits to be you able to... buy to, gambits, too. Well, yeah, you have to buy them, which is another issue. <laughs> but... Um, once once you have enough um, skills and stuff, you can issue more gambits so that all of even fixing ailments is yeah. not a problem. Like as soon as like I had a Zuna set to any any ally, so basically anytime anything happened to one of my yeah. characters, Azuna was done. just uh, like immediately deployed. So like the further along you get, the more streamlined and automated everything yeah. becomes. To where by the end of the game, you're pretty much just like, okay, team. Do your thing. Like, I told you what to just do go already. Take just a nap. go. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, it takes care of itself. You know, like I said, you still get into sticky situations that you're not quite prepared for. And yeah. You need to, like, do some swapping around and, and figuring out. But that's where, like, you pretty much just sit back, watch the HP, watch their status effects, and just let them go for the majority of the game. Um... You are also stuck to a license board, which is the probably the crappiest part of this whole game. <laughs> I hated the license oh, board. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I didn't care, but I didn't particularly like it, I it guess. It grew so. on me as, as it went, but, like, right out of the gate, it was just an annoyance. Like, I, in order for me to literally do anything, I have to have a license for that character to be able to do it. I, yeah. Who's out there policing these people? I kind of, <laughs> I can go and I can buy Cure, but in order for any of my characters to actually use Cure, I have to uh, buy a license. And the only way you can buy a license is by going out and fighting monsters to get license points. So you get license points, you buy licenses to be able to equip. You, you can't literally, you can't do anything without a license. So you can't equip. We couldn't any, even fish without a license. Yeah, I know. You can't equip any um, any armor or any weapons or any magic or any skills 
even though your character may have that skill as a purchased item, you cannot use it until you have a license for it. Per character, not per party, per character. So it made things really tedious, especially out of the gate when you have literally nothing. Well, you have to like keep an eye on what your characters even were set up for as far as their job. Because you, you would go into the, buy equipment and be like, okay, I need to know that so-and-so uses staves and so-and-so uses maces and so-and-so. But you can't see if it's equipable or not because you don't have a license. It's not like... Not it not it's not like lit up so you could buy it. Yeah, and it does that make, was annoying. It does make purchasing really difficult. Um, the only way to really work around that is to always have a license above what you need. Yeah. So like as soon as you get like say you get the latest and greatest sword, you already have a license for that sword, then you buy the next license up yeah. so that you can get the next sword when it becomes available. So yeah, as long as you kept up on it, it wasn't too but bad, but the license you had to think thing about though. It. What was stopping you from going to a super easy part of the game and just spamming till you got all the license points and just unlocking everything? Nothing. Nothing. It just seemed kind of filler. Te- tedious. <laughs> yeah. For just because. Yeah. yeah. Um. The leveling up system is basically the same as every other Final yeah. Fantasy. You get experience points for fighting monsters, and you get. You get um, levels depending on how much experience you have, and all of their stats go up. Uh, You can buy licenses that have some stats go up, like you can buy a license that physical attacks do more damage, essentially raising your strength. You can get a license that your HP goes up 100 points or whatever. So, like, you you can add licenses that do more than just give you abilities or the ability to a, a. Which. I think is a good option for me because they didn't level up my other characters, but because they had all those license points that stacked up from the other party members, it helped get their HP to like maintain enough. Yeah, to... sure. So it makes me wonder: is the level up system really like? Could you you could probably function without the level up system? Yeah, I think there is um... like a challenge to do yeah. It there all is level there one. is a challenge. You do that a level with one eight challenge. Too. Yeah. So I mean, well, eight eight was different because eight yeah. was like you developed around yeah, yeah. not leveling up, where this game is easier if you level up. Yeah. But like you can do it without it. Um. So let's see, hunts. There was hunts in the game. Basically, you. The hunt system was kind of silly to me. You had to go to the to the board, get the hunt where where they, where they were posted. You you applied for that hunt, then you had to go talk to the guy who put the the hunt notice on the board. Then he would give you the information to go do the hunt. You go and you do the hunt. You kill the monster. You bring the monster or you yeah. bring proof back or whatever. You talk to the guy again, and he gives you the reward. There's a lot of running around. Where you would rather just be like, I'm going to do this, go do the thing, and then go get the reward. Like, right, that's how it yeah. should be, right? Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So dumb. I, that's why I didn't do them. It was, it was too much time. When, when I first started the game, I did quite a few of the hunts. Me too. Um, I probably did maybe the first, like, three levels of hunts. I think... But, like, it just got to the point where it was like, you know, I don't really need any of the stuff that the hunts weren't giving me that good of rewards. And I'm like, you know, I'd rather just continue with the game than to bother doing My the hunts. My only regret is I didn't do the hunts to the point where I got Bubble. Oh. Bubble would have helped because it, like, it bumps your HP up. Oh. But I ended up getting a Bubble Belt, 
which helped. So like everyone was rocking around with like four hundred eight, excuse me, four thousand some HP, and then there's Balthier walking around with like seven or eight, and we're all <laughs> buffed up. Um, but they do well if you do so many hunts and you go talk to Mont Blanc, he does give you stuff, which is nice. But it yeah, it's or you can buy stuff from the clan like distributor or whatever. Sure. But it was just more tedious walking around, and I was already tired of walking around. Well, and they did some hunts, and they're like, you're going to have to come back at a later time to get this reward. Like, why? I can't say I ever noticed that, but again, I didn't do that many hunts. Um, I When I first started doing it, I was using hunts as like a way to level up. Yeah, me too. Because like... Did you do the gill snapper? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. Um, but I was doing it as a way to level up. So, like, I would basically go to, like, I would I would continue on the story, realize that the enemies are kind of tough, so then I would do a handful oh, of yeah. hunts, and then, like, the hunts would get kind of tough, so I would continue the story. So, like, I kind of kept that as a trade-off, but then I realized that, like, doing hunts was just, like, tedious work when I could just sit in this dungeon and level grind. So, like, I just dropped doing hunts. It just I... seemed like... I spent a lot of time searching the areas, and I think that's why I leveled up so much. Well, also, I was making sure I searched everything, so I would wander into dungeons I definitely wasn't supposed to be in. Um, But I think that's how I leveled up, because I was trying to make sure I got everything, because I was missing spells. And some of these spells were in, like, field areas. Why were the spells in those areas? I remember at one point, I picked up Haystaga. I and, never found it. And I died. Oh, no. You don't remember and where you I found it. And I had no it. idea where it was. So, like, I just went on without it. And and seriously, I played this whole game without haste. I had haste, but I didn't have haste Daga. I didn't. I did couldn't they find haste, haste modes, though, at least. I did, yeah. And I used those up pretty I quick, liked but... that thought. But the thing, I have it written under here. Missing spells with an underline. I did not like that you had to find spells. I kind of understand. Like, especially, like, Flare and Holy. I get it. They was Those were kind of hidden. Yeah. That makes sense. And they were in a dungeon dungeon. But, like, just making sure I get it out in the Wildlands is just... Yeah, they, those should have been... And off. a store at the very least. So, so I feel like those specialty spells... Should have been locked away in a dungeon in like an obscure off the beaten path where if you happen to, if you wanted to open up the whole map, you explore that little section, find the tome and you're moving on. Or if you happen to stumble upon it, cool, you got a special skill, you know, but not this like, yeah, it's in this random location on this random area. Like, it just seems weird. I feel like- at least it's not randomized because it could have been randomized. I, I assume the reason why they did it this way is because, like I said earlier, what's stopping you from just going to level one areas and getting all the license points and uh, then unlocking yes. your spells. But it is really frustrating. It would have been easier if they had put it behind a like a level lock or something. Like you can't use this to level whatever. Yeah. Because I don't like that you have to go and find your spells. I just I don't like it. Yeah. I kind of get it, but it didn't, the way they had it spread out was just, it, it made it front. Well, and I lost, I couldn't find one of them where, you know, when it starts raining in one of those areas, I could, I needed it to not rain. So I had to wait. I never went back. I don't even remember what it was, but I could never go get it because it was was raining. raining. Um, so I, I really did not like that. So something that I have written down is the game is really hard to start. And this was something that I had a problem with, like, early, early, early game. You have no money. <laughs> yeah. You have no license points. 
You have no equipment. You have no spells. You have nothing. Like, normally, the game kind of gives you a little bit to get going, and then you can go and do, like, a bunch of stuff. But, like, it was... Sorry, it was really hard to go out and level grind. Yeah. Because the enemies just outside were either too hard or way too easy. So it was, like, really weird to try and, like, level up and collect stuff for... For, for Gil, and so, like, getting the ball rolling was really difficult for me. It wasn't until I made it to the mines with, um, with Wilmont. Larsa. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I went there that I was able to, like, really grind and level up really well yeah. and, and get some decent... I, I was able to get some decent loot to be able to finally have a money. flow of money. <laughs> and then the game started to get fun, where, like, dungeon crawling was interesting, and, you know, I was focusing on trying to chain enemies to be able to get better loot yeah. and whatnot. So, like, then it then the ball started really rolling and snowballing, and it, and it became a fun game. But until that point, the grind was just tough. Yeah, it really was. It was hard. Um, how did you feel about Gambits? I liked them. I really like Gambits, but I think it's because I like being efficient. Yeah. Um, it, like you said, it's, it's nice to where I don't have to be going into the menu every time to make sure, like, especially those places where enemies spam all these status effects and at everyone at once, then I can at least have two people designated for healing those things while I'm still attacking with someone else. Um, and then I liked that the gambits, uh, you actually have three different, uh, setups that you can do per character. So before a boss fight, I would save it at a crystal I would switch my gambits to, like, the second or third screen of each character, and they were all set up with buff your party up really quick. So everyone's casting something on someone. So, like, everyone would have haste, huh. shell, protect, and all that stuff. And I then I would change that. them back. No, I you ne- never did I that? Never, I never used the extra slot. I knew that they were there. Yeah. I just never used them. I only used one extra slot, but it was just for that. Um, did you have any... Um Mishaps with the gambits? No, no. Do you have any interesting gambit setups that you were kind of proud of? Mm, I mean, I mostly changed them as I needed. I felt like it was all set up fairly well. Most of my my characters that were not heavily... So my characters were set up where Vaughn was my... He really was, I guess, my tank, but not really. He was my tank. He was my swift tank, I guess. Yeah. Um, Balthier was set up to be a red mage slash foe, another tank, basically, but he could do magic. And then Fran was my black mage and white mage. So they all kind of complemented each other and just kind of uked and uked, worked in unison. Um, but, like, everyone was pretty much set up where they just worked together, more more or less. And uh, my, uh, my items were set up so that even in places where it wasn't necessary, like, stone and everything that could kill me all at once was all taken care of before yeah. it became a problem. What, what were yours? Um, I had... My tanks, basically, were just, like, attack right now, all the time. Always be attacking. Um, I had a few, like, heal, like, quick heal sort of things at the very yeah. top. So, like, oh, yeah. if my white mage died, downs. they I had a quick, like, heal them now. Um, otherwise, the one thing that I really... There was two, two things that I thought were kind of clever. I had... 
I had a couple of my party members steal if HP was at 100%. Oh, yeah, that's nice. So, like, as soon as I walked into a battle, people were, like, stealing. Yeah, that's a good idea. So then, you know, I it, it had my loot growing faster. So, like, every encounter was, like, steal, kill, steal, kill. I can't say that I really had a hard time with money. I Maybe, like, one I, small section, but I, I always was well-rounded. I didn't once I got the ball rolling and started doing the steal stuff, but before that, it was, like... A nightmare trying I, I to keep up. I almost never stole, and but I was going. Th- I was going back through areas and getting all the yeah, loot. Yeah, see, as well. I, I basically I spent a bunch of time in very strategic locations that, like, I was leveling up, but like the enemies were kind of easy, and it was usually skeletons. Yes, I know what you're trying because they all would just spawn in that one little yeah, bridge yeah, yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another spot in the same jungle where Franz Village is. Oh, yeah, yeah, Where you can, it's the chapel, something, dark chapel or something like that. But it's, like, very south of that area. And um, if you kill all the monsters, then the skeletons start coming up. And, like, you can just keep fighting skeleton yep. after skeleton. Like, I think you can do, like, at max about 100 skeletons in a row and before they all die yeah. off. Yeah. And then you just, like, go back, save it, come back, and they all respawn again. So it's, like, this constant loop of, like... And the skeletons drop really good loot to sell really fast. Yeah, so yeah. I was spending a ton of time in that area just, like, level grinding and loot grinding. By the time I was done, I think I had, like, 200,000 gil I don't that I'm just, like, buying. I, yeah. I had bought, like, all the gambits, and I had bought all of the... All the spells that I could buy in any given area. But anyway, so yeah, I had the stealing thing that I had set up. Yeah. But then I also had cure. Like, everyone was attack. So if there's an enemy enemy there, attack. Even like Fran Fran and Penella, who are my white mages, attack. You know, even if, if you can't heal, attack. Right. If there's no one to attack... Then, if your HP is below, like, 90%, heal. So, like, at the end of the battle, everyone would be back back up to full health again, pretty much. Which is good, because there was some licenses where it would... uh, Beef your party up. It would heal your party, or it would beef your strength if you were at full strength, and it would beef your defense if you were at low HP and stuff like that. Better better magic, uh, stronger magic if your HP is full, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was really nice, handy to have this, like, at the end of the battle, everyone is full health. Well, Otherwise, I, if it gets below 50, heal, but, like, focus on killing the I enemy. like maintaining the gambits like this because it, it makes, to me, I like maintaining it. It gives me, it makes me feel like I am in more control despite them being in control, doing it themselves. Yeah, yeah. But I know how it's set up, so I don't have to. I don't have to worry about oh my HP is lower now. It's like okay, this is happening, but so and so is healing. You know, it gives you more. You're more involved, I think, than you realize. I, it's funny because as soon as you have someone's health start dropping, you like. Oh, I need to do this. And yeah. then someone's already on top yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like as soon as as soon as I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to have Penelo healing right now, I look and Penelo's already got Cura like queued and, up. You know, I, I know people were you know, people the, the argument, oh well, it's almost too easy because you don't do anything, but like you do all the work beforehand. Yeah, though. yeah, that's what and prep work. You is have here. to make sure that you're doing stuff okay because you know, sometimes things do can turn around really quick. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're killing yourself almost. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, 
yeah, I think I, th- I liked managing the gambits. It was nice. And it's more realistic because you know that those people in the real world setting would be doing their own things anyway. Yeah. So it, it makes it easier. It was, and- it was nice to, you know, as you're playing, you see a weakness in your strategy. And then you go back in your gambits and like, I got to adjust for yeah. this. This this problem is always happening. Let's adjust the gambits to fix that problem. And then you do, and then the next fight goes a lot better. And you just keep that evolution yep. of your gambits, you know, constantly changing and, and fixing to make yeah. it as good as it can My be. My gambits stayed mostly the same, but yeah, depending on what you were dealing with, you would m- mix and match. Well, and like Vaughn, who I was mostly fighting as... I almost never used any of his gambits, only sometimes. Yeah. Mostly when I was buffing before a it's fight. It's like my black and white mages had like all the gambits and they were all yep. utilized. Yep. And then Vaughn had like three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I feel like my party, though, considering I used the same three, I felt like they they were really fairly well-rounded. Like they complemented each other. Yeah, and they I, out. I feel like if I had to use that strategy where instead of using all six characters, I just focused on three, I would have leveled up way faster. faster because think of it, all of my characters were at 46. So if I'd have focused all of that experience points yeah. on just three characters, those three characters would have been like in the sixties. Well, you played like a couple more hours than yeah. I did and you still were less level than I was. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really just because I was keeping everyone level. But with that in mind, at, if, at any given time, if all my character, if my three characters died, I could bring back three more characters. They're yeah. basically the same stats, like the same, like the That's same true. skill sets with the I, same gambits. Roughly, there were a few times where I was in a pinch because my characters were under leveled, struggling to get the rest of everyone up and going, so I yeah. could throw them back out there. But a few and far between, though. Uh, you know what took me too long to realize? I could heal my characters. Oh, in the other menu. In the other yeah. menu, yeah. I didn't realize that. Like, I'm like. At the end of the battle, so, like, three of my characters would die, I would bring the other three out, then at the end of the fight, I'm, like, swapping characters in and out to heal them back up, but it's like, wait, I can actually do it from the menu, I could just hit L1 and heal yep. everybody that's in the reserves. Yep, which was nice. <laughs> well, once I figured it out, like, the the boss fight stuff was really easy, like, yeah. some characters would die, I would swap them out real quick, and then I would just say, okay, white mage, heal that do person back. Yep. So then they were ready to go if someone else died. I just swap them back out again. Um, tiny bit less intentional gameplay. I had an issue with... So when you're fighting, it's good. You can pick up a chest while you're fighting. But if you hit A when you're not right at the chest, you're opening up your menu and closing your menu and opening up your menu and closing your menu and opening up your menu. And I know exactly your what you're talking about. <laughs> I had the same problem. It was so frustrating. There would be times where I just was, ah! Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Stop it! It's like, it's fine if you're not fighting, but if you're in the middle of Even the battle... Then, yeah. Sometimes you're opening up the menu and closing it to go back out to do that. And you're like, you gotta reposition. He's gotta be staring at the thing yep, that... He, yep. Like, he can't be trying to so, open it from the side. What I noticed is that it's the gambits that are doing that. So, like, when you... When you have gambits on, your the characters will fight automatically, but they'll also walk automatically. So 
you can override them walking by using your the controller to move around. But if you face a, a treasure chest, the X will pop up. But as soon as you stop moving to press X, he's already turning around to go fight but the enemy. If you so hit- you gotta like turn the gambits off, walk up to the treasure chest until the X is above, and then hit A. But sometimes, yeah, you're right, you have to like walk to the side or back to the side or turn around just right. Because then or, you're just opening up your main menu yep, to yep. do something. So you're still having to do it. Yeah. So silly. Yeah, it was it was frustrating. <sighs> but yeah. Um did you uh fast travel was nice. How, yeah. It wasn't too OP like it had to be certain crystals which made crystals you know, that you've been to which was nice yellow but crystals it also specifically. it made hunting really fast. Yeah. So like you knew what area that hunt was in so you would just fast travel to that area, walk down to the You know, as much walking as they make you do, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> there better be some fast yeah, travel options. That, that was a nice um a nice feature. Well, that I, made traveling so much more convenient. I mentioned it earlier too. The the sh- you have the ship, you have the ship, and you never use the ship. Not really. Yeah. It's a they they're like it, we gotta hide the ship you now. Know, like great, we have to walk the rest. It would have been a lot cooler if instead instead of a teleport crystal, if the crystal had like um a ship anchor. Yeah, that, like, that would have been cute. You walk up, you save the game, and then you can go over to the ship anchor and yeah. take and your ship to the next. The ship can only to go teleport. to these anchors. Yeah, yeah, yeah that and, makes and sense. maybe maybe you have to place the anchor in order oh, yeah, to be able to teleport idea. to those locations. Similar to activating a teleport they crystal. They need to hire us. <laughs> yeah, Square, listen to us. We know what we're <laughs> no. talking about. Final Fantasy 16 is already wrong. Oh my goodness. Um. Uh, all considering, though... Or, sorry, did you have anything else to say? Oh, I do, but... You oh, no, no, go no, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was going to talk about the lack of side quests. Yeah, I, we kind of touched that in story. Yeah, we did, but... There is side quests. I don't know if you know that. You have to visit them, though. <laughs> I know! Did you what? not stumble into certain dungeons and be like, well, this is overpowered? Like, they have to be side quests because just, you don't visit them. I just figured that they were just extra dungeons that you would do later. I think that like is... Like, end of game. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's, quote, quote, side quests. But I mainly am talking about, like, stuff that NPCs will give you to do. Oh, I see. Like, fetch quests. Yes, those are called hunts, Danny. Yeah, but, like, I... <laughs> it was terrible. The hunt, the hunt system was, like... It was there and it was okay, but I felt yeah, like it was missing. Yeah, it's vastly different from a side quest. There's yeah, no it story. Mis- it was missing. I-, I feel like it was missing the mini stories that I've come to kind of expect yep. in some of these games where like you can go into, you you could go into your town and they would hate, there's like a, you can't enter the, the weapon shop because the weapon shop owner has like killed his best friend and is in prison. Hate so then you gotta happens. like go into the prison and find, you know, something. Yeah, yeah. Like this little, just a, something. Not, not something that's so, so important, important to, the to the story or even I agree. something that you have to do, but that it's available there for you to do and help the down people. Yeah, I don't know. I get that. I just, I feel like it was very empty of this like something to do in the town. I think I just pretty much echoed that to the story. Yeah, though. sure. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, what'd you think about the final dungeon? Oh, man, what a pain. <laughs> um, 
I used a guide mostly because I kind of fell off the last month and was tired. <laughs> uh, you had also had suggested it just because it made it go faster. Because it was a long dungeon even with the guide. Yeah, it was. I realized that with the guide, I would have been able to have figured it out. It seems still fairly linear, but... Uh, it was just long tediousness. I just, it, it kind of goes back to the whole, like, you're mostly in a dungeon most of the time, or traveling. Like, it yeah. just was more walking that I didn't want to do. Yeah, it was, I I played that section without a guide, and at one point, I used a crystal to go up to the second like the second so i finished the first ascent yeah and i i used a crystal to go up to the second ascent and as i clicked on the crystal i noticed that there was um treasure behind the crystal that i had missed so i'm like oh crap let me go back down and grab that treasure i went back down except it teleported me to the beginning so then I had to go through that entire section again. Did you have to fight all those monsters and stuff? Well, everything was already unlocked, so I basically just had to, like, run through. But, like, I just did, like, a flee throughout yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Just, just ran straight forward to it. <laughs> Leave me alone! Yeah. So that that was really wow, annoying. Wow, that sucks. I'm sorry. Um, I think that's the only way to get the map for that area, though. Did you get the map? Yeah, I did. Oh, at least you got your map. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, that one wasn't too bad. I think the one, the dungeon in Garovagan, that one was yeah, a Yeah, that one was really bad. Those uh, those elemental guys that would, like, chase you around real slow, but, like, they would one-hit kill me with, like, Thundraga somehow. Like, oh, they were a nightmare. Eventually you get a ring that, uh, like, you can have reflect on, but the caster, it ignores the, the reflect law, basically. Huh. So you, if you had Reflect on your party, your ma- white mage could heal you still at least. Um, but I couldn't give up the spot for half MP cost. Cause Fran- I can't say I really even use my... Uh, oh, I did all the time. I, I rarely Fran- used accessories. Oh, really? Yeah. I used... I- I had a bubble belt on, which increased my HP. Vaughn was using a counter, whatever had counter on. And then Fran was half MP because she was my black and white mage. So it was like, she needed it. Like, Balthier was more like support. <laughs> I feel like I couldn't have a mage that had both black and white MP. Like, basically, Penella was my white mage and she was casting cure, like, constantly. Fran, well, but Balthier was my red mage, so Fran did the, most of the work, but he really kind of helped alleviate mm, yeah, as okay. needed. It worked out really good because then he could be out there still attacking, and Van was mostly um, like my use my items, uh, yeah. cast haste, more of my tiny stuff if I needed it at yeah. all. Hmm. So Sounds like it pretty worked, solid. Yeah, it worked out pretty good. I'll, well, I actually had. Uh, revamped them early in the game i had to revamp them twice and i had to go through all of the license boards again it was a pain but yeah um my final fight was kind of a a struggle um (laughs) i don't i i'm pretty sure i was just like under leveled but i really didn't want to have to go back oh also i went into this fight with like no potions 
Oh. Because, like, I used them all. Getting up there. <laughs> didn't realize that I used them all. And then, like, we flew to Bahama, and I'm like, I have no items. And I'm like, I didn't want to have to, like, they reset anything to go back. They specifically tell you, that, like, you might want to do all your stuff before you leave. Cause you and might I'm like, can't, can't I'm, like I'm done with this game. Let's freaking <laughs> go. go. So, yeah, like, I, uh, I went to Bahama with no items. And I'm like, shoot. I'm like, well, I can go back if I absolutely have to. Well, let's see how it goes. <laughs> so the first fight with Judge Gabranth, I went okay. Then the first fight with um, Vane went Vane. okay. The second fight with Vane Super Saiyan, yeah, um, he did was not, so ugly. He did not go okay. That one was pretty tough. I didn't die though, but I just got through like the skin of my teeth. But like with my basic um, strategy, just like. Fight, swap as you need to, keep fighting, just keep swapping. Um, then with like Neo Bahamut Vane. Yeah. Um well, it was a little bit more difficult. He was he was killing my mages so fast. And like his, he had a thing where he was swapping where you could only do physical attacks and then he could oh, only yeah, use it was magic. Super freaking annoying. So like, you had to keep swapping back and Sometimes forth. Sometimes he had a both on. So like I I spent a lot of time just like healing myself and like reserving and then I would try and attack when I could. Then I realized that I could just like spam flare. So I basically had Ash was my black mage, so I had her out spamming flare. I had Pinello, who was my white mage, spamming Cura or yeah, the Curaja or whatever on on just Ash, because as soon as Ash would use Flare, he would do some move yeah. to her immediately. So like she was attacking him with like five thousand, and he was like almost one hit killing her. So Pinello was like constantly <laughs> healing her. And in the meantime, I had Vaughn or Bosch or one of them, one of my just attackers, watching. just like constantly like, ah, 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 Stop just it! like constantly attacking him, <laughs> um, which was doing like zero. Immune, immune, immune. Yeah, immune. right. So then once he switched to like a physical attack, I'm just like, okay, Ash, just play it cool. Rest. <laughs> Here's a couple ethers. Um, my hardest part with that fight was the swords. I couldn't oh, yeah. figure out what. <laughs> I couldn't figure out. First of all, when you highlight a sword, it doesn't tell you the health. I don't even know if it had health. According to my guide, it did, but it didn't. You it can was like see it the was hurting bar. him as I was attacking with my magic. So I don't know if he was getting hit in the crossfire or if hurting the swords hurt him too. But like, it worked out just fine. <laughs> I tried using mist. The mist attacks. Oh, Did yeah. you ever do that? Yeah, a few times. If you you can like chain your mist attacks, yeah. which was really nice if you were like in a pinch. But like half the time the bosses were like immune to half the yeah. mist attacks. Like it didn't really help a whole lot. There were a couple fights that that was like a key feature. Specifically, I, I struggled a lot with those like little guys. Oh, the little like onion guys? Yeah, there yeah. was like six of them yeah. or nine of them or something that you have to kill all at the same time and like, that was a nightmare. So yeah, that was I used mist attacks on yeah. those guys. But yeah, everything else was like I nah. really didn't use them. Like my espers, I didn't use it a whole yeah. lot. But I did use So it. the espers <laughs> The espers were just a feature flaw. Like, as you can bring out your espers, but like you, the the enemy attacks your character and kills your character immediately. I know immediately. 
So, like, every time I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try using a summon. I would summon. Yes. They would they would show up. All the monsters would gang up on that one character, kill me, and the summon's gone. And I'm like, well, that was worthless. <laughs> it was a waste of time. Why, and why then you're dead going? on top of yeah, it. Yeah, right. It was, <laughs> it was absolutely tragic. Yeah, I think that it would have been better... There, there should have been a better way. They just were useless even, to me. Even if it was, like, just the summon was out. And then, like, the summon's out, has, like, triple HP, can withstand some attacks, but can still deliver some good ones. Yeah. Would have been great. But no, it's like, because the summoner has to be there, then, like... It's like the weak point. To me, it felt more like they were like, okay, we've got to have them in here somewhere. But like, where? (laughs) Like, this was their big idea. Like, they really were pointless, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big bummer, I think. But I think think I'm done on ranting about (laughs) gameplay. What'd you give it for gameplay? I gave it a 9 out of 10. (laughs) I gave it an 8 out of 10. We had a lot to talk about, but like, I felt like the good outweighed the bad. And they're really... I, the Esper was kind of a bad thing. I, I yeah, agree, sure. but it didn't make the game any harder. I no, didn't. It just know, it just was a pointless was feature. A, yeah, and I think that's a lot of like the issues we have is like some of the stuff is pointless or not well thought out, but like not detriment to ha- you. Like you're not having a bad time right. because there's no like side quests. Well, I mean, I guess you are if you don't like crawling across the land. I don't know. I found. I found dungeon crawling fun. I did at first too. For a while. But by the end, I was done. Yeah, and I think that was my problem too. Like, towards the end, I was just kind of like, okay. I'm ready for this game yeah. to be over. Let's just plow well, through and it and be done. Especially, like, there'd be times where I'm like, okay, this must be the ending. Like, we're getting close to the end. And then it's like, but now we've got to go do this. Like, yeah. why? We just did this thing. When we have to go to another thing that's just like the first thing? Yep. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even as far as the story, for that matter. Yeah. Like... Oh, we have to get the we have to get the shard to be able to prove my bloodline. Oh, shard's gone. Let's go get the other shard. Oh, shard's gone. Let's, Let's go, go get, get the, the sword. sword. Oh, short sword's gone. Let's get like, the other sword. Can we please? Can we just end this? Can we just sign the treaty? Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah. I I'm content with that. Cool. Um, music. We never have a whole lot to say about music. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Oh, really? I gave yeah. it a 7 out of 10. Oh, that's too bad. I wasn't, uh... I can't remember anything in particular. I don't know. I felt like I really enjoyed most of the music. It, I mean, I still gave it a decent yeah, score. Yeah, yeah. I did not really like the ending song. Oh, the like um, the singing. Yeah, the singing. I didn't one? like it. I didn't either. It was, but um, they didn't like overuse it either, though. I loved Fran's voice. I loved the way she talked. I loved the way she sounded. I could have listened to her do an audiobook. I'm pretty sure her accent is Icelandic. Yeah, that's. What I you're could be saying. wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Icelandic. Which adds to her like. Of the Viera, you know, there's, I don't know, it just kind of added that, that whimsy, I guess. She had a bit of a, like, certain sounds she would speak with a, a certain accent. Yeah. That, like, it just made it fun to listen to. It was like, yes, say that word again. <laughs> it really, I mean, it really complimented her character. And, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, her character really was unique. I loved what they did with her character. Yeah, me too. It was really awesome. This in tune with the world yeah. sort of aspect. Well, and her story, how it's, she can't hear the forest anymore, yeah. I thought that was really kind of interesting. Yep. And she really... I, the dynamic between her and Balthier, I love the dynamic. Because... They work so well together. I would love to know more about their past. I know. How did they get to know to each point. other? Like how? Yeah. Where? Where did they? How did they meet? Like what happened? You can tell that they really rely and trust each other. But like Fran is kind of aloof with everyone. She not complete. She's not kind of like Ashton that she's kind of a bee about it. Yeah. She's just kind of. She just like she's silently rolls her eyes. And yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, I liked that she supposedly is like really old. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. I, they did a really good job of her character. It made her very interesting. I really liked her. But yeah, but, but, really, the people as a whole. Like if you yeah. talk to any of them that are on the road, there was one couple that I came across, and she's like, "Yeah, I wanted to leave. Um, I wanted to leave the forest, but my sister." had to follow me and now I feel really guilty because I didn't want my sister to follow my footsteps. And like they were there together. Yeah. But it was like this little moment of like, oh like, yeah. <laughs> oh, this, this sucks. Um but yeah. I uh I think the problem with this music is that it's so atmospheric that it's missing the melodies. Yeah, I that think like you're the right. previous Final Fantasy games you would like hum the melodies with it and like the battle theme was like intense yeah and like this game there almost wasn't a battle theme like it was the same music that was in the world that you're in aside from like the boss music maybe but like yeah it was yeah. it was like missing that like dun, 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 yeah, you yeah. Know, this I intense... think there was a few that it was kind of like that but not enough to be like I, oh my gosh I want to listen to this song when I'm I done think or... the, the few melodies that like really stood out to me was the um, the Rabbit Aster song and the like the Final Fantasy theme yeah. that played like they have a couple they have a couple instances where the Final Fantasy theme played like the the beginning of the mm. game when he first booted up but then the um the chat like in between chapters where um Andor is oh okay talking about the yes, story I know you're talking like about. progressing yeah. the story so like the the Final Fantasy theme yeah. plays for that too and it's it's a really good rendition of the Final Fantasy theme I really really enjoyed it yeah. But yeah, voice acting overall, honestly, was voice really good. Voice acting was really, really good. I agree. Like Very, very little cheesy lines. I mean, the the subject aside, the delivery of those lines were all very, again, very well done. Maybe Vaughn was like the worst, but I mean, still he was a kid. Like it, it felt accurate. Although Pinello seemed a little bit better in that regard. Yeah, true. Balthier and Fran really carried this, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Everything about their characters was just... Mwah. Yeah. I mean, even the knights and all the regal yeah. characters, when they spoke, they spoke in, like... It... Paraphrase? Or they spoke in, like... You know, yeah, I know what you're talking about just like real regal big words that made you like <laughs> you almost oh, yes, have to course. decode before you can move on. I agree, 
But it fit. Yeah, it did. It um, fit, and it was... Oh, and I loved the judges. Yeah, they were Those cool. were really cool. And their armor. <laughs> I liked listening to the armor. Yeah, they did... As far as sound effects go, I suppose. Again, there's really... It's hard to talk about sound because, of course, we're talking. You'd have to... I would have to literally sing it to you, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah, I... I'm confident with my 7 out of 10. I'm sure, yeah. content with that. I, I got a 9 out of 10. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I think it fit the world really, really well. Yeah. I I don't know if I would necessarily listen to it. Well, I don't know. I, I might would listen to it as background music. Like, I, it's it's, it's I mean, atmospheric. No more than I would the like I would I, I would suppose. I would be fine with this on a playlist. I, yeah. You know, if I'm listening to background music, I'm pretty. I think I could pick out now eleven music if it was in a cycle of music. I'd be like, oh, I think this is for eleven or so, or excuse me, twelve. I, yeah, I've sure. been doing that all through this whole game. Everything <laughs> is eleven. But yeah. Um, so so overall, I gave it a nine out of ten. I also gave it a nine out of ten. I had a lot of fun just like picking up this game again and. Playing the story, the story wasn't amazing, but like the gameplay was a lot more fun than the previous games have been. Yeah, you know the grind was a little bit more fun, a little less like, ugh, you know. This this Final Fantasy, I feel like it it wasn't the same playing three through six. Well, I suppose maybe six was, but it wasn't the same playing the earlier games. This is like a Final Fantasy I was experiencing for the first time, and I hadn't had that in such a long time. And with that in mind, overall, yes, I am glad I played this game. You should play this game. It's worth at least playing through, especially if you're a fan of the series. I I played maybe an hour or so of this prior and like you had said back then, I was kind of disgusted with trying to figure out the battle system because I was just a tiny little brain, my smooth <laughs> brain. Um, but like now it's like, ah, uh, it's, I'm, I'm kind of glad I waited because I got to experience it now with an adult brain. Um, but it's too bad that I didn't experience it earlier because I love Balthier. I think he's my new favorite Final Fantasy character. Yeah, that's intense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, b- between uh, Balthier, I almost said brain, between <laughs> Balthier and Fran, like the duo together is just, I loved that. That yeah. was so cool. I loved it a lot. Um, For for me, having just come off of Final Fantasy XI, I definitely see the similarities. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the fact that you can stop gameplay mid-battle and make choices yeah changes everything like it changes because you can't stop time you know for for final fantasy 11 or even final fantasy 14 you're not gonna be able to stop time to make choices you have to make choices on the fly because everything is real time where this game like you have that moment to just like stop take a look at your situation everything is stopped like every yeah. you know you have this chance to sit and like make a new choice for everything. You know, if you need to change your gambits, if you need yep. to, you know, heal, you need to use an item, whatever it is, and that fact alone makes it way more like the classic Final Fantasies that you're used to yeah. than you really notice. Like at that point, the only big change is that it's not it's it's not active time, yeah. it's not roll or uh, turn based. So, like, yeah, it's a little different, but, like, because you still have this option of just, like, stopping and making a choice changes everything. Yep. 
Now, don't be fooled. You're not going to be able to play this entire game that way. I tried the first time I played. <laughs> the very first time when I bought this game, I'm like, you know what? I'll just brute force my own choices on this. And you can play that way, but it's real yeah. hard. So you're way better off just using the, the Gambit system, embracing the Gambit system, letting it work to your... It's your, a tool to be used. Yeah, yeah. Let for it sure. Work, work it to your advantage and, you know, get through the game, get the story in, and, and just enjoy it and have a good time. Absolutely. I definitely overlooked a lot of stuff in this game. Obviously, I didn't do the hunts. I'm not all of them anyway. I didn't <laughs> There's a do, lot of them. I didn't look through any of the like optional dungeons yeah. or optional bosses or and, and I know that there's a lot more to explore. The Although, cool that said though, with that in mind, a nine out of ten. Yeah, right. What if you had played all of that That's stuff? That's true, yeah, very true. <laughs> Maybe it would have been an eight. Maybe. <laughs> it could have even been could worse. Have been terrible. Hey, the rest of it's optional at least, so it can't right. it can't be too much detrimental to well, the story. I, that's that's kinda where I'm going with this. It's like <laughs> it's nice that there's a, a lot of extra content on which is yeah. typical for Final Fantasy to have a lot of extra content. The cool thing about this variation, the Zodiac Age, is you have an option for New Game Plus. Yeah. So you have this option to take everything that you've collected and move it into the next game, into another game playthrough which i don't know everything that carries over i know your items carry over maybe your gambit structure and stuff like that will carry over that would be nice but i don't i don't know about like your levels and stuff like that so the game the game may still be a bit of a grind but if you still have some of your items and everything it'll be a lot easier um but There's yeah, spells I mean, alone, which yeah. would explain actually, because it is like you would get certain spells, but you couldn't use them. Yeah. Or vice versa, you'd unlock them, but you wouldn't have them for the longest time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that makes sense now. So yeah. yeah, fun game. I definitely say if you haven't played Final Fantasy XI, give it a shot. You know this this game is available on multiple platforms at this point. I mean, you got the PS4. You've got, I'm pretty sure it's on Steam, too. Um, Xbox, you played it on the Switch. I mean, you know, you have plenty of options to play this. You played on a Tamagotchi at this point. Yeah, I mean, that would be fun. That would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This game does have a sequel. It's uh, Final Fantasy XII Reverent Wings. It's on the DS. Um, We're probably not going to play it anytime soon, but it is out there. I have played it and beaten it. I The way I remember it is I... I enjoyed it. They have chibi graphics, though, don't they? It's it's more like it's a tactical game. Mm. So like you're playing it more like a Final Fantasy Tactics game than it is. <gasps> yeah. So like I think you would really enjoy it. It's it's that tactic style, but it seems like it has more of a fluidity fluidity to it. So it's not. I want to as... play Tactics Advance really bad. <laughs> I don't know. I think if you go in with it with your adult brain, you might actually enjoy it. Maybe. I have played it when I played all the Final Fantasies. I played tactics, yeah. tactics as well, but I played it with like get it done and over with. No, I think I played it with like rules turned off. Oh with cheat yeah. Codes. So like I could just play. I could just you know basically fight everything. You know using every skill, yeah. which in my opinion wasn't cheating. It still isn't really my opinion of it cheating. <laughs> but um, you know. Yeah. I felt like the rules were just kind of garbagey. That's fair. I guess we'll find the out laws. when we rate Sorry, it. Sorry, yeah, laws. I laws. I guess we'll find out when we rate it, right? Uh, 
So? So I gave it a 42 out of 50. And I got a 40 out of 50. And so that gives us an 82 out of 100 or a 8.3 out of 10. It's a B. Yeah, no, that's a really good score. It's not quite as good as Final Fantasy IX, but it's better than Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> it was better than Final Fantasy One and Two. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> and three. Put together. <laughs> so our next game is hopefully going to be Pokemon um, Violet and Scarlet. Um, yep. we haven't actually started, the, well, I guess you started, didn't you? Yeah, kind of. I, I'm going to restart it. Somehow. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll, I'll probably be starting very soon. Uh, if not today, maybe tomorrow. Um, hopefully we finish it by the end of January. If not, you know, we'll do like we normally do. We'll toss a little game in there, um, so that we can review it on, Feb- January, February, March 1st? Jeez. Time is flying. Uh, yeah, it does. It's today is January 1st. Yes, it is. Yes, this episode is airing and we're recording it same day. Oh, help me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's it for today, guys. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast episode and bearing through us for another year of uh, Zap Night. Happy 2023. Yay! And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye!